0: tell me that you don't have no black hats no roman candles or screaming memes no oh come on man you got no lady fingers fuzz bottles snicker bombs church burners finger blasters gut busters zippity doodahs or crap flappers no I, I don't you're gonna stand there owning a fireworks stand and tell me you don't have no whistling bungholes no spleen splinters whisker biscuit honky lighters hoosker do's hoosker don'ts cherry bombs nipsy dazers with or without the scooter stick or one single whistling kitty chaser no
1: because snakes and sparklers are the only ones I like
0: well that might be a problem it's not what you like it's the podcast
1: okay ben right off the bat i have to ask
0: <laughs> you took
1: a real pregnant big pause pause big, big breath before that last line were you trying to decide where to place the word podcast in yes yeah
0: and i went for the easiest one but sure it was dramatic too for yeah, dramatic and, effect. and look you bit off a lot of uh, script there well, it felt like a good moment yeah. to highlight out of this great movie, Joe Dirt. And I actually, I think I would just like right here at the top. Hi, hi, I'm Ben Hosley. Hi, everyone. Um, what is this? You're listening what? to Blank Check. Oh, with Griffin. Hi, say hi, Griffin. Hi, Griffin. And uh, with David, I say hi, David. Hi, David. <laughs> I don't know. Leave me alone. I just want to take just take a moment for sure. everyone our listeners to just just thank me for for really the opportunity to watch this movie so i'll just pause and everyone out loud they can just say thank you ben
1: oh you're asking the listeners to thank you for letting them watch this movie correct yeah okay let's take that pause all right great so uh, i i i think we should keep pausing cuz i
2: think
0: there's probably some applause happening right now Oh, you're right, you're right. Actually, okay, let's hold for a pause now. Okay, great. Okay.
1: Ben, also, come on. I know you don't usually host the show, but be a little more gracious. You're not gonna take a pause for you to say you're welcome?
0: Oh, you're right, okay. You're welcome.
1: Cool, great. That was good. Okay, that was good. That was good.
0: Yep. Okay, so I am, I'm doing a Ben's choice. It's been since Stargate, so... It's been since (laughs) I I always try to remember what the last Ben's
1: choice was. And it's always some fucking (laughs) (laughs) bananas thing. Yeah. Like I I can't wait for Lincoln Center to do a Ben's choice retrospective. And those 10 movies put together are going to say a lot.
2: Wait. Okay. So Fletch. Yeah. I'm going through under siege Two: colon dark territory. Of course. Mm -hmm. The Man Who Knew Too Little. Who can forget? (laughs) Impossible. (laughs) Clifford. Uh Clifford. Of course. Yeah. Uh, Wreck-It Ralph and Ralph Breaks the Internet. Sure. I guess you're counting them as book two. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Assassin's Creed. Of course. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh
0: A great movie about a video game that I have since played and like the movies or the movie better.
1: Yeah, there's there's also an interesting theme here because uh, uh, Under Siege 2, a sequel you love to a first movie you've never seen. And you know <laughs> what I want to say? I want to
2: say this. I recently watched Under Siege 1. Yeah. Maybe we should do it on the show. Maybe. It's not
1: bad. Tommy Lee Jones is really good now. A, a Ben spotting. I just think it's interesting. We We sometimes have called ourselves connoisseurs of context, David yeah mm-hmm. ben doesn't need no stinking context he just no. likes whatever movie he likes sometimes he sure the less context the better
2: yeah like, it was like it's like halfway into the under siege strips so and we're like ben have you seen under siege you're like what no what is that like it's not even <laughs> on your radar david like, we,
1: we didn't ask him we were like right. is that what happens in under siege one and ben said like
0: i don't know
2: <laughs> like, who cares
0: <laughs> we assumed uh, yeah well It's whatever was on TBS or TNT or Comedy Central, and it was the middle of the day. Uh, And I'd watch it with the commercial breaks. Like, And then it became my favorite thing, and I'd rent it. And that's just, you know. Just just to confirm,
2: the other Ben's choices, of course, were Stargate and now Joe Dirt. So, Griff, that's nine. (laughs) That's nine. (laughs) We're
1: almost there. We're almost almost there to the ten. Wow.
0: Uh, What a rogues gallery.
1: Yeah. Uh, But, Ben, what is this podcast usually?
0: Usually, this is a uh, a podcast about filmographies, mm-hmm. directors sure. who had massive success were issued a series of blank checks early on to fund whatever kind of passion projects they want, and sometimes they, sometimes they, wait, wait, hold on, hold on. Oh fuck! How could I? Fr- <sighs> sometimes I mean, wow. you made they it all the way. Sometimes to the, they the clear. Yes, is it clear. Sure. Yes. Yeah. And sometimes yeah. they bounce, baby.
1: All Perfect. Right. All right. But but as David just outlined, about once a year, sometimes if we're lucky twice a year, we let Ben yeah. make the choice and pick a movie uh, completely devoid of context. And uh, often we have found that these movies tend to be more uh, blank checks for the stars at the center of the movie. Than a director, which is what we usually cover. I would say Stargate true. is the exception of that, except that's sort of the guarantor for the rest of Roland Emmerich's career. Um, but this definitely fits into an interesting place in in the David Spade filmography. It does. This is his blank check, right?
2: This is his passion.
1: I project. would argue this is his passion project, and I also just want to set one thing up on the table right here. I know I'm not hosting this episode, Ben is, but I just want to I want to pin something on the board. Much like you never having played the Assassin's Creed video game before watching that movie 20 times while your girlfriend was sleeping. Mm -hmm. Much like you having watched Under Siege 2 20 times on your porch without ever bothering to rent the first one. Correct. Not only have you never seen Joe Dirt 2, American Loser, colon, a Crackle original, but you were not even aware it existed until an hour ago
0: yeah i had no idea i mean when you said crackle original i thought that was like the joke that we all make it is usually the joke yeah right yeah i didn't realize that crackle actually had original programming is this the only one uh it might be the only one (laughs) no look ben i'm just i'm pinning it to the board we'll come back to it
1: later because i am the only one of the three of us who has watched joe dirt 2 american loser a crackle original
2: here's I, we'll get we'll get back to it as you say yeah but why isn't it just called like i don't know joe dirtier
1: something like that david you know? there are many things it should have been called instead and there are uh many things that should have been done with that money instead of making that joe movie uh here's okay. one fun fact i'll throw out uh joe dirt Two american loser a crackle original uh no longer available to watch on crackle I had decided that I was going to do this and then two Mm -hmm. hours before this record, I went over to Crackle to throw it on and found that uh, Crackle, which used to be a Sony-owned streaming service, uh, mostly with Sony library titles, uh, of which Joe Dirt is one and I think is one of their more, uh, perhaps one of the most watched titles on Crackle because it's a real uh, Sony cable dvd rental uh uh i don't know uh heavyweight um mm-hmm. uh, a couple years ago sony decided to get out of the streaming service business at the time that everyone else was going all in and sold the majority of crackle to do you know this david chicken soup for the soul Sick- chicken soup for the soul now owns yep. crackle. those books yep and mostly yep. uses it for inspirational nonfiction series uh, but there is uh some Sony catalog shit on there as well. But Joe Dirt Two has been taken down. I had to pay seven dollars to purchase wow. Joe Dirt Two American it's loser forever. a Krakenal original. I could not rent it. It was not an option to rent anywhere. I had to search around to find a service that had it for sale for seven dollars, as opposed to twelve on iTunes. In a way, I am. I feel more sullied. You feel dirty. I feel dirty. Mm. I was avoiding that word, to be honest. (laughs) We should say it. (laughs) You're right, and we should say it. I would rather have bought a physical copy of Joe Dirt 2 on Blu-ray, because then upon finishing the movie, I could have just put it out on the street. Burned it removed it from my home uh this is part of my digital library forever honestly it probably got logged
0: with the fbi too absolutely. yeah that, that that
2: that probably got you on a watch list or whatever and that's cool
0: absolutely
2: uh and uh you know joe dirt 2 american loser and we will get to joe dirt 2 we'll at least briefly
1: yeah and by the way crackle's name's still all over this movie despite the fact that you cannot watch it on crackle
2: but um well ben when did you first see Joe Dirt? That, yeah. I, I, that's, that's kinda, we got to lead off with this, yes, right? Yes. But, but when did did you see it in the
1: theater or was Joe Dirt a porch
2: classic? I in the, the what's theater.
0: theater? Oh, Sorry, Griffin, boy. go.
1: No, I want I I don't want to uh, kill your momentum there cuz you're coming in hot. <laughs> I just want to pair with that the question of what was your relationship to David
0: Spade? Mr. Spade himself. Yes. Yep. Okay. All right. So, no I didn't no, I didn't see this in a theater. I saw this on a hot porch, Hell maybe.
3: Yeah.
0: Hot. It was summer. The porch was hot. Yeah. Yeah. It was hot. And Joe Dirt was on Comedy Central. Okay. And me and my friend watched it and were like, this movie rules.
2: This is one of those movies that it was like a federal law that it play on Comedy Central. Yes. Like within 60 days of its release, basically.
1: Uh, yeah. Comedy Central had like a bunch of precogs, right? And then one of those <laughs> right, wooden balls twitching. <laughs> rolled out and they said, contact Columbia Pictures, buy cable rights to Joe Dirt. And they uh, called them and they were like, Joe Dirt, we've never heard of that movie. It was 1993.
3: Right.
1: They were like, just yeah. write it down.
2: The
0: second it crosses your your freaking uh, desk. Yeah. Okay, Joe Dirt. So anytime this movie was on cable, this was like the movie where it's like, if you come across it, surfing channels, you watch it. That that's what Joe Dirt was for me. Sure. Yeah. If I saw it on, I had to watch it. And my relationship to David Spade is, I've really liked him on SNL. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: He was uh, he was always you know ma- making fun of the celebs. He was always
0: doing the talking. Hollywood
1: head. Minute.
2: There
0: you go. This that's is now called. here's a the question.
1: Spade Report. Yeah.
0: Is that the only time that they've had a correspondent on Weekend Update with their their own recurring segment that's huh. sort of separate from Weekend Update?
2: There's, I mean, that can't be true, right? Just
0: because there's been so much SNL, like surely someone
1: else did something like that at some yeah, point, right? But, but Ben is kind of onto something here that the branding of that was so strong. And and another thing that I feel like is forgotten is there was. The Saturday Night Dead season, right, where, like, SNL is at its lowest, NBC thinks of canceling the show, and Lauren is like, give me another year, I'm going to overhaul the whole cast, right? And that's the year that he fires Farley, he fires uh, Sandler, he fires uh, uh, Rock, or Rock Leaves for In Living Color. Um, The only people he keeps are Molly Shannon, who had been on for, like, half a season, uh, Tim Meadows, who had just sort of joined a legend, and the the third cast member he kept, I believe, was Spade. Oh, McKinney might have joined that season as well. But in that season, that is Sherry O'Terry, uh, Will Ferrell, uh, Chris Kattan, all those people coming in for the first time in the show, establishing a new identity. Spade was kept on, and Spade was, was not really in sketches. He just did. Like, the Spade report, but they actually made it its own segment. It wasn't even part of the Weekend Update desk anymore. Like, they paid Spade to, like, we need some continuity. You're so beloved amongst our fans. We're cutting Sandler and Farley, who are proven movie stars at this point. And and your best buds. Like, your your fellow guys. And Spade essentially had the, like, TV funhouse role where it was like you have carte blanche you have eight minutes a week you do whatever you want you have your own writers it's you oversee it you don't have to interfere with the rest of the show at all Yep, this is true and then that was his last season that was his last season yes yeah
2: Yeah. spade yeah so spade he was on snl of course Mm -hmm. we all know that
0: i liked his uh Bye-bye mm-hmm. and okay. K. Uh-huh. Of course. That was sure. a classic. That was right. a good the flight attendant. Right. right. And I love that thats you can keep bringing that sketch back. Do you know what I mean? That's yes. what's great about it is it's like. The, you're,
2: the early you're 90s, not, man. You're not squeezing
0: it dry. You know what no. I mean? Like there's no. just so much to juice. So much juice in that thing. Uh, he would, he would go,
2: uh, and you are right. He was the receptionist who said, and you are, that's my favorite one. I think that That
1: that's a great sketch where God comes in at the end (laughs) and I would know (laughs) you from, what is he like Dick Clark's receptionist. It's something like that. right? Right. It's some, yes. Yeah. Or maybe it's Jesus at the end, um, Phil Hartman who, playing Jesus. Um, right. Gap Girls was obviously a big one for him. Gap Girls. Yes. Uh, sure. Um, yeah. But he was a big stand up. I feel like when you watch videos mm-hmm. of all the happy Madison guys uh, busting each other's balls, which I, uh, that has been a big comfort spot for me in uh, YouTube in the last uh, 15 months. Yeah. Um, They all talk about the fact that Sandler was the most— I'm sorry, Spade was the most successful out of all of them as a stand-up. Spade was the only one who got to do Carson. That was like a big point of jealousy between like Sandler and Schneider and uh, Farley and all of them. Spade was kind of the one who had the most heat just as a stand-up. And then he stays on SNL the longest. He becomes this kind of elder statesman. But, uh— Spade and Farley do Tommy Boy. Tommy Boy's a hit. And then it becomes one of the 10 biggest uh, home video movies in the history of Paramount.
2: This is the one I had. I mean, Ben, I assume Tommy Boy is just a huge one for you. Am I wrong?
0: Yeah. yeah. I okay. mean, okay. you're okay. not wrong. Okay. It, that was I'm a beloved wrong. movie. Yes.
2: Tommy Boy, Griff, I don't know what your opinion is, but Love Tommy it. Boy is pretty good. I think Tommy Boy rules.
1: Yeah, I think Tommy, it's great. Is Tommy Boy the, the Farley's peak in yeah, the, in the, in the, in the theaters? Right, right? for my money, yeah. absolutely. I think that movie is really, really fucking good. Because Black Sheep is one of those movies I've seen like once and is bad. It's kind of a bummer. Black Sheep is like, we need one of these every year. And I believe right. Black Sheep is one of those cases where they were like, you have one week to deliver a script. We start filming. <laughs> right. Like, they didn't have a premise yet. It was sort of like, Lauren Michaels hired Fred Wolf, who co-writes this movie, Joe Dirt, and directs yes. Joe Dirt 2, American Loser, Crackle Original, and was like, you have one week to come up with something for Farley and Spade to do. Penelope Spheres is going to direct it. She had gotten pushed off of Wayne's World 2. Uh, Lauren wanted her uh, shepherding something else. And they were like, we film in eight weeks. There was like nothing. The guys hated it. Uh, Spade didn't want to do it. It's uh, a political
2: thing they're right they're running he's for governor the black sheep yeah. brother of right, tim
1: yeah. matheson as right, a gubernatorial yeah. candidate and spade is brought in to manage him to make sure he doesn't start a controversy before the campaign is over but
2: tommy boy for what tommy boy's got like it's got like Denahi. yeah it's got that kind of like blue collar stuff yes that
1: i like yes.
2: and then it just you know what you do it's funny
1: yeah, Aykroyd is fucking uh, great as the villain in that movie. Aykroyd's good. Uh, uh, that's the start of Rob Lowe playing comedy asshole. Uh, kind yes, of like Rob owning Lowe. his uh, persona, right? Or I guess that and Wayne's World are like back-to-back. They're the same years. Or right, whatever. But, yeah, they're close. Yes. Um, but yes, that movie is big. Then Black Sheep is a flop, and both guys kind of disown it. And then it sort of feels like that killed the buzz of the... Farley Spade comedy duo thing, and then and then of course Chris Farley dies sure. in ninety seven. So so the, so that really killed it. My point is the movie it, right after that Farley goes and does like two movies by himself.
2: He does, which sucks. So, but like, don't you think if Farley had lived, you know, a they few years later, they, they probably would they would have done a little comeback one, right? You sure. know, like because the cause especially as you say, Tommy Boy just endured like yeah. that thing.
0: Just lived and lived. So it's up there with Dumb and Dumber, right? Yes. You know, like yes. it's, it's, it's like really got a legacy yes. of that, of that era as a comedy.
2: I might like it better than Dumb and Dumber. I like it's it more than Dumb and Dumber. It's not a good movie. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I've seen Dumb and Dumber like twice. I gotta be honest. I also what? think there is a, a genuine. <laughs> I'm sorry, sorry, Ben. I'm so sorry. It was never rude. my
1: movie. Yeah. I, I like it. I it just was yeah. never my movie. It's okay. It's fine. Uh, I prefer Tommy Boy as well. I think Tommy Boy has like a real genuine earned sweetness to it, like an yeah, actual right. sentiment it's- that comes from that movie taps into the innate sweetness of Farley, which he hadn't really gotten yeah. to use that much on SNL. It felt like it was setting a model for how he could be a movie star. I think every Farley starring vehicle after that removes that element.
2: That's the thing. It's like Farley was so obsessed with being Belushi, and everyone talks about that, right? Like that was his idol. But like Farley is like more John Candy. Like that—that's his. You know, he's he's the sweet guy that you kind of feel for, even though we can. Yeah, I mean that's what's
1: smart about Tommy Boy is it taps into the Chris Farley show energy.
2: I don't think I've ever seen Ben. Have you seen Beverly Hills Ninja? Yes. Uh, yeah what kind of question I, you know, is like that them. why would you yeah, waste the ask
1: breath asking that <laughs> <laughs>
3: yes. yes
2: i I, have. I think i have seen almost heroes although i can't say i remember it that's the but one i feel like that after was, his death
3: yeah. right
0: with
2: perry i feel like i saw any movie with like a friend's cast member when i was directed by so. christopher you know what I mean? Yes.
1: that movie
0: is like a yes. disaster um yeah right. i can't i think i've seen it but i cannot remember a single thing about it
1: but this is all i'm trying to set up here Farley goes off, makes two things after that, obviously dies shortly thereafter, but the two movies he does without Spade also don't recapture the magic of Tommy Boy, right? And none of them do as well as Tommy Boy. Then Spade's in trouble. Right, so Farley... spades in trouble because it's like well he had this thing that worked so well in tommy boy that's his perfect use as a movie star that movie also taps into the sort of vulnerability behind the snarkiness of spade right i think tommy boy's the one that gets that right where it's like it's defensive he's he's a
2: stick in the mud yeah and he needs to he needs to loosen up it's true he, that's the perfect use of him.
1: He's an insecure guy, you know. It taps into the emotionality at the core of it. But like,
2: yeah, I'm looking at Spade's post. So, so a, a, a senseless before that, the uh, right. Marlon Wayans movie, also directed by Spheris. Yeah, uh, Lost and Found, which uh-huh. is like a a huge bomb, right? Like that's yeah, a, yeah. that that's like a movie that actually costs money and grossed like five cents, right? Sophie Marceau? Is that and found? Yes. 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 Oh, boy.
1: He kidnaps a dog to get closer to the woman and pretends that someone else has kidnapped Uh it or something. Yeah.
2: And then, of course, Emperor's New Groove, uh, a long gestating... Which I think Spade is fantastic in that.
1: Yeah, I also think that is tapped into the exact same use of Spade. It does, it does. Now,
2: we, we should acknowledge this whole time, he is on Just Shoot Me. That's his... Yeah, that's his uh, you know, his safety net. It's right, you're right. I mean, just
1: shoot me, Griff. Did you watch Just Shoot Me? Ben, did you watch Just Shoot Me? Did everyone watch no. Just Shoot Me? I mean, it was in that hammock position where it was so often in between like two sitcoms. I did watch that. I like would sometimes go like eh, I'll just stay here and watch that. I've probably seen a, a good handful of episodes. It was on Thursdays.
2: It was on Thursdays for a bit. It was mostly a Tuesday show. It was with Frasier. Uh. It's just what like it had such a stack cast. Yeah. It wasn't bad. Like it was you know, it's absolutely fine, watchable. I remember. Yeah. It it was never good. It ran for seven years. Like it's just back in the day. And it's like, what's the what's it about? Oh, I don't know. It's set at a fucking fashion magazine. Who cares? Who does David Spade play?
1: I don't know. He plays the creep
2: who's there.
1: Why are you asking me that questions? Like that was sort <laughs> of supposed to be a like George uh seagull comeback Cigall, project lorisangia yeah, C- yeah. yes. como right you know, she's like, like yeah. a rising person after sex lies and videotape and then they like bring in uh a spade to be the the fucking like uh dynamite or whatever and he kind of takes over the show right
2: I mean it's um, he just always he always has a plot in that show like half of that show is like because Laura San-, San Giacomo is, like, the daughter of George Segal. Yeah. And she's like, Dad, you know, I want to, you know, do this for myself. And he's like, oh, okay, I smoke cigars. And then there's, like, a B-plot where David Spade is, like, you know, hiding in the bathroom, like, you know, watching ladies pee right. or whatever. not Like, you know,
1: like, there's just, like, the yeah, Finch. Right. right. And everyone's like, Finch. Ah. These, are, these are, like, the zones of, like, he's always, like, an annoying little twerp. Right? And the he's question small. is, is he a creep? Or is he, like, the smug, high-status kind of, like, corpy guy, right? It's a weird spot. Yeah. And
2: none of this, none of the, what we've just said, none yeah. of any of the things we've talked about, the sitcom, SNL, all his movies, suggest Joe Dirt. Joe Dirt. You don't see Joe Dirt, it really, in any of this, right? Little guy. I guess that's it. Like, the only leg like, is that he's playing sort of an underdog, Some maybe. That's it.
1: But he's usually a a kind of high-status, incredibly confident guy, right? Like, who needs to be taken down a few pegs, right? Um, The X factor we're not talking about in all of this, obviously, is Sandler, right? That Sandler already has movies uh, before he gets kicked off of SNL, and then after SNL, his career goes into Turbo. Uh, 98 is Wedding Singer and Waterboy. Now he's a $20 million man. He's one of the biggest stars in Hollywood. What a year. And he immediately extends that umbrella, right? And starts the reputation of, here's Sandler, happy Madison. He keeps all of his friends employed. It's true. And it's not just that he's getting all his SNL writer cronies to come in and write these movies and get big paydays, but also he's putting all these people in supporting parts and very quickly it becomes the Sandler farm team where he's able to give these people leading man careers and Schneider gets to do movies and Spade gets to do movies. And like, you
2: know, uh, fucking on Netflix, Spade's done what? Two,
1: three vehicles? The three? The do-overs of Spade? Do-Over is a Spade Sandler two-hander but he's essentially the lead of that like he's the protagonist and then uh what is it Father, Father of the, of the Year uh-huh right with Nat Faxon and then uh,
2: the, the Ron Lap Missy one. like he yes. yeah he's just been fucking you right. know th- that's the crazy thing about the Sandler Netflix thing it's not just Sandler movies you right. get Kevin James movies you get you know you get like he 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 ex- extended the umbrella as yes. you put it
0: Right. You know, and then also what was cool recently is Comedy Central, right? They they had at one time the very popular Daily Show and then the mm-hmm. Colbert Report. Mm-hmm. And both of those hosts left. They found a replacement for the Daily Show, never figured out what to do with that time slot.
2: Mm-hmm. Now yeah eleven thirty. Yeah.
0: Right. Yeah. But now it's like, okay, so should we give it to another white guy? And they did. <laughs> and yeah. that was cool. The showbiz show. You're talking about the
1: showbiz show.
0: Yeah, for like a late night show, like that was the right choice
1: to make. I just want to remind you, twice... In the last decade, Comedy Central gave him the bite at the apple. There was the showbiz show, which was him doing Hollywood Minute for an entire 30 minutes. Oh,
0: right. okay. Too I off. didn't even know about this.
1: And then the more recent one was Lights Out.
0: Oh, yeah. Where he's like sexy and suave or some right. shit. Like, but it's, it's right. also sort of Sleazy.
1: him doing his comedy Dick Cavett. Like, I. it's just loose, unstructured conversation with old buddies of mine. Um, yeah, that
2: actually that ran for like a hundred episodes. He did a lot yeah, of those. He did a lot of, those. And, you know, and like he went on Conan and he was like,
1: "Yeah, I mean, you know, we're talking to Jim Jeffries and it's yeah. great." He has done so much fucking TV. If you look at the fact that he did seven seasons of Just Shoot Me, he did a hundred episodes of Rules of Engagement on CBS. Oh, never forget Rules of Engagement. Jesus Christ, I forgot about that. Another show where he's like, I don't need to be the guy. Warburton's the lead. I'll be the twerp. I'll be the horny best friend. He's the horny best friend. Then he was the guy they added to Eight Simple Rules for Dating My Teenage Daughter after John Ritter died. Yep. And he did like two yep. seasons of that. And then two different Comedy Central talk shows.
2: He's, he's unkillable. And I'm not saying that he needs to be killed. I sort of appreciate David Spade just kind of floating around forever. That's fine. As do I. But uh, it, it is funny that he's just, he's like, yeah, I don't know. You know, he's just, he's just still there
1: in his mid fifties. Kind of looks the same. Little, a little worse for wear. David, you say that, but you say that he looks the same, but you also have not watched Joe Dirt 2, Beautiful Loser, a Crackle <laughs> original. I might okay. dispute I'm that. Watching them here. back to I- back. <laughs> Yeah, okay, okay. There is a difference.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think, like, what's a recent... I mean, he's, like, in some of the... I've seen some of those Sandler movies, so I've seen, you know... I
1: I never watched
2: uh, Lights Out with David Spade.
1: He's in The Grown Ups, obviously. He is uh, Griffin, the Invisible Man, the Hotel Transylvania franchise. Yeah, that's a, a good performance. A character right. that has recently been the center of much controversy. Do you know about this? Yes, that... There's some, uh, there's,
2: uh, here, let me see if I
1: can explain it quickly. See if you could get the image. Have you watched the uh, HT4 trailer yet, Ben? No. Okay, this is a real controversy. Like, people are genuinely angry about this. I just want to make that clear before David explains this. There's some subset of Hotel Transylvania fans. They mostly seem to be girls who grew up with these movies, like, as a child or teenager. Like, younger females
2: who for whatever reason assumed that the invisible man in these movies was a a stone cold hottie. Right. And uh, that, uh, here I'm going to put this tweet in the chat.
1: This is a character who you never see In the movies, he's represented by a floating pair of horn-rimmed glasses. He's voiced by David Spade. We all know what David Spade looks like. And people went bananas because the twist in Hotel Transylvania 4 is all the monsters turn into real people. And so he becomes visible.
2: Well, they all like swap powers or whatever, right? Yeah, whatever. going on. No, they, they, they on.
1: turn into humans. They lose their powers. Okay, they just turn into humans. Okay, and yeah. so, right, so you see the
2: Invisible Man for a second and he looks like a dumpy kind of middle-aged guy with glasses. He's dorky, you know, which is what I would have assumed. Absolutely. But apparently this is shocking information. Right. I will say I do like that this person who tweeted it uh, eventually replied with, "Please stop liking and retweeting this. I don't want this to be my legacy."
1: <laughs> but, but like, right? You're tweeting. Which I sympathize. <laughs> you you shared with Ben the tweet, Ben, and you've seen the image now of what he looks like. I have. Yeah, he
0: looks like Larry Fine from the Three Stooges. Yeah, exactly. Yep. yep. But with, like, more of a, like, sausage schnoz.
1: And a dad bod. Yeah. Here's yeah. a
0: collection of many tweets about, okay. of people losing their minds I was going to ask this. you to
1: read this. Yeah. I'm not going to read all of them. Oh, I I, well, I want to read some of them. I just think these are in okay. all caps. If I could just quickly read some of these. He was supposed to be hot. No. From someone with a Phoebe Bridgers avatar. True. Exactly. Like, I'm feeling so sick. That's what I was thirsting over. Three crying emojis. I take it back. The invisible man from Hotel Transylvania isn't hot. Who said that he was? And my favorite one, uh, uh, avatar of Killian Murphy from Peaky Blinders. And the tweet is just, fuck you, Hotel Transylvania 4. Why have you done this? <laughs> it's so weird. Yeah. Anyway, David Spade is in this position there's, now.
2: There's a change.org petition to make him hot, and it's got uh, uh, 32,000 signatures.
1: In the early 2000s, Sandler is clearly throwing the ball to his buddies and going, "Yeah, I can get anything you want made. What's your thing? And Schneider goes like, I don't know. I'm a gigolo. I don't know. I right, turn right. into a Deuce thing. Right, right? Right. I'm an animal. I'm like a hot chick. And David Spade comes to the table with this. That is what's most interesting about this movie is it is so outside, as you said, everything David Spade had established to be his persona up until this point in time. And it's a weirdly kind of earnest film.
0: It is. And also, I'm pretty sure he's not from the South. He is from Arizona. He's from Arizona.
2: He is kind of right. I think he is kind of like a a proud sort of dirtbag,
1: right? Like he grew up pretty poor he grew up like in poverty with a single mother his brother obviously goes on to become uh his brother andy spade uh was married to uh the late kate spade and uh built that brand with her and now runs a bunch of different like high thread count men's lifestyle brands oh shit that's yeah, true. I did not know that. Okay, yes. mm-hmm. but so th- right, they both grew up very, very poor with a single mother, and then David Spade becomes this like you know snarky defensive comedian, and Andy Spade becomes like the I'm like finely burnished leather goods man.
2: Um, and yeah, this is, this is a movie that Fred Wolfe uh, first wrote with Matt Piedmont. So those are two SNL guys. And then mm-hmm. Spade comes aboard and rewrites it with Wolf. Those are the two credited writers. It was going to be called The Adventures of Joe Dirt. And yeah, it's Sandler. It, 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 it was yeah, initially at Warner anything, Brothers. Yeah. And Sandler, who is, of course, the king of Columbia, has them pick it up. And, you know, $15 million. They hired Denny Gordon.
1: Who is a TV director mostly? But like a very high class TV director, like one of the most in demand TV directors who works on everything. She
2: she'd worked on uh, Pick a Fence in Chicago, Hope Party of Five, Dawson's Creek.
1: You know, just a lot
2: of like uh, Alan McBeal was a big show for her. Sports oh, Night,
1: sure. Uh, but what I was gonna say also is after this movie, she does two more films. She does What a Girl Wants with Amanda Bynes, and she does New York Minute with the Olsen Twins, and then she just becomes like a real blue chip tv director now she TV works on fucking Office, everything 30 yeah. rock yeah you know I, i'm just looking down the but like you know, dramas I, she did episodes of legion and jack mm-hmm. ryan and bloodline recently like she does She's it working. all what a girl wants it's, it's not not the worst movie of all time i've never seen it i know people who think it's
2: Firth,
1: kind of throwing fastballs in that one yeah Colin
2: Firth is kind of like, yeah, no one told me this was a bullshit team comedy. I am going to
1: give my all. Uh, that that's all That's all I'll say. Rules. Uh, 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 J.J. Bursch, uh, our, our buddy who is now doing um, research for us on the podcast, uh, actually went ahead and did research on Joe Dirt, which I didn't even consider was a thing he was going to feel obligated to do.
2: I was like, you know what, J.J.? I'm going to sound the alarm. You don't have to, but. Joe Dirt,
0: you know, like yeah. I got an assignment for you if you want it. And this is where we should pause for J-Day, JJ to thank me for the opportunity to do research. <laughs> and we, on should, Dirt we should. Check. JJ, you yeah. better
1: fucking do it. Okay. In all, all right, in all, uh, uh, let's give the pause. Sorry. All right. In all seriousness, yes. JJ must feel like he got away with a fucking crime being paid to research Joe Dirt. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm very
2: happy. We pay well. I we don't do. want to brag. We JJ, do. I was like, JJ, what do researchers charge? And he was like, you know, yeah, this is the range. And I was like, let's go on the upper end of that range. I, wanted, I just want to brag about this.
1: Pride ourselves on paying everyone who works for the podcast. It's increasing up. number of people on the upper end of that range or even a little bit of love above. Uh, but, uh, you know, the downside of that is you have to research Joe Dirt. I, I I bring this up just because I don't think I would have found this on my own. And it is the thing that kind of functions as a turnkey for this movie to me. that. Wolf and Piedmont wrote it not as a spade vehicle. That it's sort of two things going on independently, right? A lot of these SNL guys leave SNL, go, I guess I should write features now. And a lot of them write scripts that get option, that are liked within Hollywood, never get made. Smigel, for years, had so many scripts that could never get made, right? Like, Zohan was one of those, where for 20 years, people were like, no fucking way, even after Sandler had become a movie star. Zohan was the toughest sell, right? Right. Um... But this movie doesn't make sense being incubated as a David Spade vehicle, because Schneider, like immediately, Sandler goes, "I'm I can make you a movie star." He's like, "Okay, I get it. I look funny. Make movies that play off of me being unlikely as the thing yeah. in the title." Or magically transforming into that and, and being concerned and weirded out and trying to turn back. What What if I were a hot chick,
2: for example?
1: Only Rob Schneider could ask this. They feel like very strategically designed movies to create a new movie star. Whereas this feels like Spade being like, I can make anything I want and you'll produce it, Sandler. I don't know. My buddies have that script. It's not really on paper a good fit for me, but I'd like to get that made.
2: You know it's funny because yeah because like post you know like what you know like what he's doing with Farley it's like that's his SNL thing that's his persona it's what we understand of him mm-hmm. Joe Dirt isn't no. Dicky Roberts which is his next movie Ben are you a Dickie Roberts fan Oh uh, God what is that what is that again It's someone where he's like a former child star yeah. like it's got like kind of you know a lot of Hollywood jokes in it
1: right He's uh, an eighties child star who is up. His career's bottomed out, and he's up for a part in a big movie, and the director says that they don't think he can play it because he hasn't had a normal childhood, and he doesn't relate to the script. So he moves in with a family Wow. Yeah. and not has seen this. them treat him like their child so he can have a real childhood. I just want to bring up quickly, yeah. when they wrote that script, it mm-hmm. was supposed to be Martin Scorsese and Robert De Niro who are considering hiring him for this oh, movie. Oh, okay, okay. I was like, Sorry. doing what?
3: Scorsese yeah, sure, sure, and sure. De
1: Niro were supposed to appear in the films th- themselves uh-huh.
3: Uh-huh. as
1: the two guys making this movie considering hiring Dickie Roberts, who gives him the ultimatum that he needs to learn what it's like to have a normal yeah, yeah, childhood. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. And then instead right. it becomes Rob Reiner and Alec Baldwin. Well,
2: you know. Yeah. I you know. So, like, but I'm just saying, like, that one maybe is a little more what you might expect, us, but even that one's kind of yes. odd. I feel like you're, what you're saying is right. Like, right, uh, Rob Schneider, he's like, yeah, the animal, the hot chick, put me in the stupidest shit right. where I'm on the poster just going, like,
1: Ugh!
3: and like, you know, <laughs> the, like that's, poster, that, that'll be enough. The right? poster
1: is the whole thing. The movie is just, Rob ah! Schneider it's, is blank and then him right. looking alarmed right i am yeah right i'm the hot chick right it was like so cleanly packaged dirt is fascinating in comparison
2: spade is yeah he's not he's not doing that he's like i have these kind of really difficult to explain sort of niche characters that i want to be that have kind of a lot going on yeah. and so i remember like being in a movie theater and walking past this poster that's david spade in a cutoff you know uh, flannel mullet. holding a mop Pointy with side a mullet burns. yeah and it's like and i'm just like i don't get it i, I what what's what's what is it i like i right. i wasn't completely against it but I was, I didn't know how to sell anyone on it. I wasn't I like, let's all go see Joe Dirt, because David Spade, he's he's like uh, this guy
1: called Joe Dirt. Like, I just didn't know where to take it <laughs> Look, from I I did see this in theaters. I remember uh-huh. my friend and his mom taking me because I was such an SNL fanatic and such a Sandler family fanatic, and they were too. Like, that was the one mom I knew who liked Sandler movies and would willingly take us to any Sandler adjacent movies. Um, But yes, unlike something like The Waterboy, where I remember seeing that trailer and everyone was like, cool, I get this character. He's doing an SNL. He's doing that voice. I I know that. Yeah, He's taking a big swing. There's a voice here. There's a look. There's a setup. I get it. This was like, what is this? What is the premise? There does not seem to be a hook to this movie. It's just this guy. I don't remember the trailer revealing the superstructure of this movie weirdly being like a Forrest Gump-esque yarn. Right. They were just sort of like, here's this guy, Joe Dirt. And it was like, what does he do? Who is he? It's fucking
2: Citizen Kane and Dennis uh, Miller is the Joseph Cotton character or
3: whatever.
1: But you're missing a really important detail with this, Griffin. There's Uh, dirt in the title. Yes. There's another detail, which I'm only now putting together as David described the poster. The poster is Joe Dirt kind of standing heroically holding a mop. Holding a mop. (laughs) Who else do we know with a poster like that? Fucking Toxic Avenger, baby. Fucking Toxic Avenger. You want to be a Ben's Choice. Hold a mop on a poster.
0: Yes. He does famously hold a mop. I'm always pushing characters holding mops. Yeah. Toxie episode eventual. Yeah, inevitable.
2: Look, Ben Ben has many a choice Mm -hmm. that is kind of... It's sort of... Imagine, like, this sort of cauldron churning away, (laughs) and occasionally we, like we
1: get some tongs and we like pull one out and we're like,
2: Joe Dirt, okay.
3: Like like, Ben's
1: choice is quite unlike Sophie's choice. It's never just two options. There are always things circulating around. There are many that we put on the spreadsheet and taken out and swapped for something else but sometimes he just types something in. Sometimes we'll just say we have a slot here and we'll go Ben, there's there's a zone here where Ben's choice would fit nicely. It's been a little while. What would you put in? And oftentimes we're kind of surprised by the choice, but it also immediately makes perfect sense.
2: I, that's what I was trying to say. It's like when Ben chose Joe Dirt, I'm like, okay, I get that that's like a cable movie. That's a that's a Comedy Central movie. Sure. Dirt's in the title. Sure. Motley. Then I'd throw this movie on. Mm-hmm. I've never seen it. Uh, I have you hadn't maybe seen caught. This. Had seen. maybe caught clips, you know, okay. here and there, right? Like I'd probably seen bits. Uh, you're welcome and like oh, thank you and like the first you know it's like he's driving a car with a chain mm-hmm. uh yeah. steering wheel Fuck he's yeah. attaching bottle rockets to a, a cow's tail i was like oh i didn't i see you did this is like a, a quadrant
1: of ben's personality <laughs> well, i mean, not a slice <laughs> david your text was just at 11 41 a.m this yeah. movie is a hosley manifesto exactly i just didn't realize yeah.
2: there was so much baked into this character that really i guess all i knew is like he's like a trashy guy with a bullet and he has a mop like i didn't know as you said griffin that there was this like this whole life story superstructure going on like the search for the parents like i didn't yeah. know any of that was in here but just there's just a lot about joe dirt that must speak to
0: Ben. i mean let's just talk about joe dirt's jobs in this movie great he goes from janitor, right? Well, rather, okay. He starts out sign wearer, oil rig worker, carny, uh-huh. sure. janitor mm-hmm. at a school, crock show performer to national mm-hmm. sensation and author of Life's Garden, Dig It. Mm-hmm. Or Life's a Garden, Dig It. That is Good cool as hell. Like in the sense <laughs> of when I was a kid, I was like, I've always wanted to be a carny. <laughs> i've always wanted to fucking like be a croc i've gone to croc shows before man they're fucking bad that shit, put your head in a gator that's fucking crazy
1: oh, wow
0: i feel like you wanted to be
2: someone that people were scared of not in a way where it's like they're scared of you because you're like a heavy who's gonna beat them up they're just kind of scared of your energy they're just like a little like ah steer so you clear of that guy you know
0: what I mean? Like, yeah, that guy's, that guy, yeah, he's, he's, he's in weird. another world. I'm a weird yeah. guy. <laughs> yeah. That, I'm, I'm okay with that assessment, David. I, much like Ben,
1: have seen this movie many times. I saw it in theaters, as I said, and I also feel like I watched it many times on Comedy Central. I probably had not seen it in 10 years, but I, there was a period of time where I was watching almost every time it was on. I would kind of get sucked in, and I... I remember being kind of underwhelmed by it in theaters as such a big Mm -hmm. Sandler fan and even a Schneider fan and Spade fan, like all of them at this point in time. But it was one of those movies that like every time I rewatched it kind of grew for me. I've always had this kind of soft spot for it. And I do think just like the literal framing device of this movie, I find kind of poignant, but I also like the framing of this character. People talk about, like, fucking all these screenwriting books that give you, like, the hack on what you need to do to make a character likable, right? And save the cat shit and whatever. And so often studios are counterintuitively going, like, we need this character to be cool. We need to make him really cool and high status and awesome so the audience likes him. The framing of this character and how he's introduced is so unconventional. And I find it so... Uh, intriguing immediately where it's just like here's this weird anomalous guy right unlike most movies of this era like big character comedies with a comedian putting on a wig and doing a funny voice and whatever right those movies exist in a universe where the character fits into that universe so for example like even in the water boy if Bobby Boucher is the character who everyone's making fun of he still feels like he's in the right movie you know Whereas, like, Joe Dirt, immediately, every other character in the universe of this film is like, who the fuck is this guy? Not just this guy's a loser, but, like, are you for fucking real? And what this movie essentially does is, here's a guy you would see on a poster at a mall and go, that movie looks stupid. And what if we force you to actually reckon with him as a real human being with thoughts and feelings and scars? That's the thing,
2: Griffin. I think that's why you were underwhelmed by it as yes. a uh however how old would you have been in two thousand one? Like a twelve year old.
1: As just a joke delivery system, as a series of gross out gags, that's whatever. It's lacking.
2: Those Sandler movies, the water especially the, you know, Billy Madison, mm-hmm. Water Boy, you know, those early ones. Right. Yes, they have the little narrative arc of this weird guy is going to make good, but it's a lot of sketchy stuff. Yeah, They're good joke delivery machines. The characters jump, you know, the supporting characters jump off the screen. Now, it's not like Joe Dirt doesn't have that, but it's the, there's a weird soulfulness to Joe Dirt. Yes. (laughs) that. That sort of slows it down. Yeah. And I, I will say, I this is not a movie I thought was like a masterpiece. I'm sorry. But like, there it's, were things like, it's, I w- it's pretty good. My mind wandered at times because it's not going for like, yeah. bam, 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 bam. And I guess the, I, I keep trying to circle back around to Spade where I'm like, is that Spade's energy? But then I'm like, not really. He's no. kind of like a wisecracker. Most
1: of yeah. The time. And like an <laughs> like, asshole. And a he's twerp. like a zinger guy. right?
2: <laughs> so like. But, is but this just some weird, like, he's in a bit of a low moment. He wants to try something different. Or is this just, like, the f- passiony thing he had to get out?
1: I don't know. It's not written for him, as we said, right? No,
2: no. Although he was, you know, he jumped on Attack. and he yes, helped it yes. happen. But yeah, yeah.
1: Um, I think he liked the script. Uh, he he made it clear that no one was going to fucking green light a movie with him after uh, Lost and Found and he was sort of in a zone where it's like I don't know I guess he's a sitcom guy I guess I'll ride that for the rest of his life Sandler says like what do you want to do he goes Joe Dirt he goes I'll produce that Spade's like you don't have to and Sandler's like okay (laughs) you know I think unlike Schneider who perhaps was like I'll take everything you got give me all the goodwill you have Sandler Spade was like I don't want you ruining your cachet on me but like Sandler was very much behind this movie. This is, you know, fairly early days of Happy Madison branching out into other, other people's vehicles. Uh, Schneider was only the only other person who was kind of in line before Spade. But um, yes, I, I think because I, I did the other night, uh, couldn't sleep. I did a marathon of all the American Pie movies. And that was sort of making me think about that wave of, like, the Farrelly Brothers comedies and the American Pie movies as, like, the most high-profile ones. But even, like, the shittier tiers of that, it was, like, building comedies around a couple, you-won't-believe-this-fucking-thing-that-happens scenes, right? Right. Like, in R-rated movies, it's, like, he the fucking—they come in the beer, he fucks the pie— There's there's jizz in the hair, right? It's like those fucking like visual gross out insane set piece scenes. And I feel like this movie has a couple of those. Like there are two sequences that are sequences. There are two set pieces that are built around poop, right? There are two plot threads that are built around Joe Dirt being embarrassed by his proximity to poop. Like, you know, mistaking poop for something else. Uh, I got poo on me. That, that shit, despite it currently being my virtual background, him eating a, a burger of fries off a big chunk of space poop, that's the stuff for me that is like, oh, okay, whatever. And I think when I was 12 right. seeing this movie in theaters, I was like, this is less funny than the other versions of this I've seen in other movies. E- even at 12, you were like, all right, I feel pandered too. Right, right. But- but the thing that fucking works for this movie is a lot of the dialogue and just the general, like, kind of soulfulness and the interrogation yeah, of this character.
2: The, the kind of awe-shucks energy of it, the way it starts with him on the back foot and people being mean to him. Yes. And you're like,
1: what? Well, what's your fucking problem? Like, this guy's fun. And what's endearing about this guy right off the bat, right? This movie starts with, like, Three minutes of people just fucking dunking on this guy at his workplace. Right. He's treated as some weird curio. Like he gets shoved hard. Right. He's getting bullied by adults as an adult man. Yeah. Working as a janitor in an office. Right. Mm -hmm. And and Dennis Miller in probably the best use of Dennis Miller as a quote unquote actor ever. This is like the only way to use Dennis Miller in a movie kind of an
2: outstanding uh use of him he's he's fucking great he's really, he is like so yeah. in the Greatness. pocket like yeah
1: he's kind of in the pocket he is and like he's in the pocket with the, the obvious miller like slams but i also think he plays well the arc of this guy against his better judgment starting to get emotionally invested in the joe dirt thing because it's set right. up that it's like he's Dennis Miller, right? To some degree, he's playing himself. I know the character's name isn't Dennis Miller.
2: He's he's playing a, a radio host who's a shock, jack- like right, a type, daytime
0: you know. ta- yeah talk well, show. Right, I host. was gonna
1: say he's doing the Dennis Miller comedic persona, but he's kind of framed as like. A local Howard Stern, right, who has like a very avid listenership, but also is like bringing people in to make fun of them is this whack pack kind of guy yes. where it's yeah. like, if I find some lunatic, I'll put him in Mike and I'll like give them the stage, but take every possible shot I can at this person at their expense. Um, He just can't get over how this guy looks, that his name Whoa. is Joe Dirt.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, he was born without the top of his skull, so they put a mullet wig on him. So, you know, he does kind of look like a dang-ass freak. Right. There's that, you know.
1: But here's the thing that's key for me. When they bring him on and they're mocking him to his face... Joe Dirt both understands that he's the butt of the joke, right? He's not someone so craven for attention that he's willing to debase himself. He's just kind of like, look, I've been me my whole life. Most people don't like it. Everyone makes fun of me. I stand tall. Like he's got this, not defensiveness, but this pride in himself where it's like, you're not going to change me. I understand. I'm hip to it. I get that you're poking fun, but like, I'm not hiding it. You know, there's a there's a weird kind of like, I don't know, stoicness to his sense of self.
0: Yeah. Well, it's also he knows who he is. Yeah. And he's like, you're going to learn how hard of a life he's had. He lived in the woods by himself for many years. So he's gone so far. It's like he's like. I've lived through whatever you say. It's like I've already had to go through so right. much adversity and you, you can't hurt me. You know, like I, I, there is like there is something about his persona that. Yes. Like, that I, yeah, I know what it, you're it's saying. It's the
1: You can't hurt me thing. And I think like this is another thing. I can't believe I'm saying this, but I think Dennis Miller plays well. Is that a lot of before he gets emotionally invested in this guy, he immediately has this kind of perverse respect for the guy that the guy like can just take it, you know? Right. Because they're they're giving it to him. Right. And yeah, exactly. Right. So he starts saying, like, what's your fucking deal, man? What's your story, Joe Dirt? Right. Tell me what's up. I'm okay. going to
2: now read. Okay, no, okay, go no, ahead, no, Ben. No, go no, no. what sorry. were you going to do, well, please? That, just this quote that JJ dug up about the origins of the character. This is from Teen Tribute. JJ, he goes deep sometimes. He goes so deep. I like it. Yeah. I, I just like this quote because this seems to, you know, he's a compilation of a bunch of guys I met growing up. You see him at hockey games, at NASCAR, monster truck rallies, at the 7 Eleven. He's a guy cruising along puffed up a little bit, arms out, thinks he's tough, not much going on. I find those guys funny. So it was like, let's make the best weirdest version we can think of and make him a nice guy. Huge. You know what I mean? Like, this is the thing that JJ says, like in his all the interviews, he's like, I wanted him to be nice
1: because
2: that's not something I'd done before. Like
1: I, everyone thinks of me as only being a, a smarmy guy, and also probably to know. a degree, Lost and Found was like the oh. worst overcorrection of too much smarm, too and much then right, right. too, right. too and much then creep, too just much. Just shoot me. He's, he's just a, a creep. too horny. Right, right. But he I have to read
2: that. This. this is the most Ben Hosley quote. Oh my god, we gave him. We gave him a funny haircut and a stupid outfit and had him say dang a lot. That's the recipe for success. Just say dang a lot. Like so literally the word dang, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. a Ben Hosley fave, let's be honest. Also, also, <laughs> yes. the
1: co-writer grew up in Montana and he worked on oil rigs and in carnivals and a bong shop. Hell right,
2: yeah. Right, right. So so so, you know, they're they're
1: they're dipping into
2: just like it's kind of like how baby boy. You know, Singleton's just like, what's up with that guy? No like, one I just makes a movie about this guy. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. And right, like, this is, that's
1: what this is. The other thing it reminds me of in that sense is uh, Roman J. Israel Esquire, where it's like, make an entire movie about the guy you walk past and go, what's his life?
2: Yeah, like who's this middle-aged guy with like weird like '90s headphone? You listen to a Walkman.
1: Who is this guy? Right, right. right. He's holding like yeah. eighteen reams of paper. Like He's who is this? Wearing a bucket?
2: suit? <laughs> like
0: is he going to work? What a like, good movie. Is he homeless? Yeah. Like what's the deal? Good movie. Uh, okay. Uh, well, so yeah. something else I wanted to say, I think that is so genius about this this, this choice with the character mm-hmm. is it also makes it really easy for I think certain like some kinds of audiences to just laugh at him. Yes. You know what I mean? Like where they are, like, look at this loser. Like, it, I feel like it has like it can play a lot of different ways, too. Yeah, but I think the trick the movie's
1: trying to pull is the thing that ends up being the arc of the movie of like y- you start getting this like Truman Show-esque menagerie of watching different groups of people huddled around the radio, just like uh, uh, on the edge of their seats, totally invested in the saga of Joe Dirt. Yeah. And like for 90 percent of the movie, every time they cut to one of these people, it's at one of the most embarrassing low points in a Joe Dirt story. And you're seeing groups of people at a nail salon, at a bar at a construction site, whatever, going like this fucking idiot? Are you kidding me? <laughs> like they're just like clowning on him. Like everyone is laughing at him. And then not to jump ahead, but there's this turn where everyone is like, jump ahead. D- f- but by, by the way, jump ahead. <laughs> no, right. no, 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 no. Right. <laughs> no, 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 okay. no, 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 no,
2: I gotta I gotta say this. There's an a Twitter account called that's at Joe Dirt that yeah. just tweets Joe Dirt quotes it a lot of shit'll buff out. Mm-hmm. You know, like a lot a lot of that over and over again. Anytime, time it, anytime it tweets I got the poo on me, anytime, mm-hmm. which seems to be like whoa, a few times a year, yeah. drill faves it. Yeah. And it's the only tweets that drill faves. You can look at, at <laughs> if you go drill likes. At,
1: Famed Twitter account drills right. likes. His, they're it, only Joe Dirt pooped from 2012 all the way to 2018. They're all yes. I got poo on anyway, me. anyway. I got the poo on me.
0: Joe Dirt. Joe,
1: Joe Dirt. Dirt. God. He starts out. He's played by Dewey from Malcolm in the Middle as a little boy. Oh yeah. My what's God. That? Eric?
2: Eric yeah. Per Sullivan is that his yeah. name? Yeah. Uh, Eric I wanna, Per Sullivan. Yeah, what a what a funny name that guy. Yeah, yeah. Well, whatever happened to that guy, Eric yeah. Per Sullivan?
1: He still works. I did uh, audition
2: with him years ago.
1: Huh? He's thirty yeah.
2: years old now. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, he hasn't done a movie since uh, twelve, the Joel that's Schumacher the, movie, which that's you the definitely one. auditioned for. Him. No, that's well, the one. Well, he beat
1: you out. No, we did a chemistry test together, and oh, then he I see, got see, hired, and I didn't. Sorry. But I auditioned with him, which was nice. Uh, uh, yes, yeah, we did. A couple years where he was everywhere. Yeah. He he was funny. He was yeah. a cute kid. He was like the weird
0: kid, though, right? That he was had, his yeah, deal. he had like
2: his ears stuck out and he had kind of right odd energy. He's very funny on Malcolm in the Middle.
1: But yeah. he's got a whole chunk of movie here where it's, he it's little boy Joe Dirt, as you said. He was born without the top of his skull, so his right. mama put this uh, mullet wig on him and then as he grew, the wig fused into his skull and now he... Cannot remove it um an incredible detail, uh, a funny joke his parents leave him at or or rather they leave they lose him at the Grand Canyon, as we think at the beginning of the movie
0: that's that is his understanding. He gets lost at the Grand Canyon and then is now on his own as a and kid. I, I
2: would, I you know, I will say I'd never seen this movie before. I assumed that he had been left behind, like yes. right, like it, it's kind of, it's kind of, he's he's obviously not like this isn't a Home Alone thing. He's being yeah. abandoned. I know yeah, no. he's gonna take a long time to learn that, but I, I sort of there's know, no there, there's helicopters scene.
0: There's no exactly. sirens. There there no, right. there's no uh, floodlights. There no one's searching for him.
1: But this is like another Ben Hosley archetype, I feel like, which is a hobo kid.
0: Yes.
3: Yes. Yeah, sure. A little
1: urchin. Now, this is jumping ahead a little bit, uh, which no, 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 we're not going to do. We'll jump back. But I just want to say this before I forget, because this was not included in JJ's notes. I found one thing that he was not able to find. Um, J.J. is fucking
2: embarrassed right now after having 36-ish hours to turn this around. Yes. Um, (laughs) Yeah, what'd you find?
1: find? I just sent a link to you guys, a photo. Mm -hmm. Uh, This film originally stunt-casted Joe Dirt's parents in the movie. Uh, Wow. They are played by uh, uh, Caroline Aaron, uh, uh, Nora Ephron's stock company favorite, and Fred Ward in a good one-scene performance. But do you recognize the two people in this picture? Well, we got Busey as
2: the dad. Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's wearing a cutoff flannel now. Who is this as the mom? Roseanne Roseanne?
0: Barr. Oh, my God. Wow. What? It's
1: Roseanne. Spade really wanted Roseanne. She agreed, but with a ton of demands, kept on mm-hmm. demanding rewrites, reschedules. They kept on pushing it back, Her her filming. Because of that, she shows up on set. She starts doing the part, and then
0: she quits. Well, she would have she wouldn't have been the right the the people yeah. those actors are like great. Those They're are the, those are great choices. That's great casting.
1: Yeah. Uh Fred Ward's particularly good. I mean, even just looking at this photo, it looks so broad. Like what it's both of them are much. doing and it's so stunt right. casting whereas I feel like Caroline Aaron and Fred Ward play it pretty straight, which you need to cuz that scene is just kind of depressing. That yeah. seems kind of sad.
2: And Fred Ward is really good in it, in yeah. that, like, he's really good at playing a douchebag who barely understands that he's a douchebag. Mm-hmm. Right. You know what I mean? Yes. Like yeah. Yeah. he kind of believes what he's saying, where he's like, ah, come on, right? Yeah.
1: Um, but yes, uh uh Roseanne and gary Busey shot, then Roseanne quit. And rather mm. than trying to talk her back into coming back and finishing, she just said, fuck it, and reshot it. Um, so yes, he's like a kid riding the rails, right? And then yeah.
0: sleeping in the woods, mm-hmm. and he comes across a, a meteorite one one night. Right, that's sure the does. transition from sure child
1: Joe Dirt to adult Joe Dirt is
0: space poop. Gotta yeah. say, did not see that coming. Didn't see it coming. Well, because you you know in a life you have significant moments, David. I think seeing a meteorite hit the ground would, would be one of those for anybody. Yeah, that'd be a big
1: boy. Right, Right. so the meteorite's like his best friend. He has it in a red wagon. He drags it behind <laughs> him. He eats uh, fast food off of it, and yep. then he goes to get it like appraised. They tell him, in fact, it is a frozen chunk of uh, uh, space poop
0: from an airplane, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, um, which that's not a thing, though, right? Planes Are planes um... dropping poop like that?
2: Isn't that a thing, like, that planes... I think it's not usual, but, like, it's happened that, like, a plane might accidentally dump its waste, you know, from the sky or whatever and, like, frozen... It's called blue ice. Yeah. Ugh. Uh, yeah. Uh, they're not allowed to do it, but, like, right. you know, it's happened that it's, like, leaked out or whatever and, and oh, like, smashed a d-
0: hole in your house or whatever. Fucking disgusting. Yeah, Wow. But, hey. Ugh. So... Um. After the appraisal, it's it. this movie just jumps, right? It's just jumping around like it's this guy's life. So now we're in Silvertown and this is where he meets Brandy. And, and I feel like the, where exactly? What, what's the location, David, that he meets Brandy first and the dog, Charlie? Yeah,
1: David, describe it. Uh, the, the... What would you say uh, wait, it is? I... The location. Uh...
0: It's a small town. No, but they're they're, they're they're
1: the. What's happening?
0: Where are they? What are they on? What are they standing on? Please, just put me out of my misery. <laughs> a
1: Freaking porch, you guys... David. A dang ass porch is
2: not frozen to a porch. I'm sorry. They're on a. They're on a porch, of course. Yeah. Damn. Okay. Uh, <laughs> what a f-
1: what a fool I was to forget your favorite <laughs> aesthetic. Yeah. But it, but it's a uh, uh, meat cute a la Joe Dirt is. Dog with long balls has gotten them frozen to the planks of a porch. Joe Dirt See, meets the most beautiful woman he's ever seen in his life, begs her to go get warm water and a spatula. I would just want to say...
2: We kicked off this episode being like, you know, this movie's kind of like low on bits, not very sketchy, and kind of a little more soulful. And now we're just like, so after the space poop is the
1: dog well, This is the front loading. <laughs> this is the front loading. Yeah. This is the right, section right, of the right, movie right. where Joe Dirt just takes L's and then it cuts then, like, to Dennis right, Miller and, coming up with a quip on the L and then everyone in America laughing at the double embarrassment.
2: Uh, it, it's like also it's just... This is right. The producers are like thirty pages, and they're like, "Yeah, fine, we get it." Sandler, okay, sure, fifteen million dollars. Uh, go,
0: go, make it. Yeah, <laughs> they stop reading at the dog balls, and they say, "Let's go." Fine. Yeah. Okay. Uh,
1: this is Brittany Daniel, who uh, was best known before this for being a doublemint twin. Her and her sister were both models, or identical twin, and then they did the Sweet Valley High TV show together. Mm. And then her sister kind of retired. And this is the beginning of Britney Daniels' like comedy career, and then she goes on to be in like the Wayne's Brothers movies. Uh, she was uh, in a relationship yeah, in with Ken and Ivory Wayne's for like fifteen years. Yeah, um, it, but it, she was on that show, Girlfriends, the Kenya Barris show. Right? Didn't he mm-hmm. create that? Um, uh, he, no,
2: well,
1: no she's on I the wrong Game,
2: that? which is at, which is the Girlfriends spinoff. Gotcha. Um, which uh, which aired on the CW for I want to say like. Uh, Oh, no, that's it. It dared on the CW for 3 years and then on BET for like another 6 or whatever. It, right. it, it didn't go away. Um, yeah, what else did she do? She was on Sweet Valley High, like you say. I, I don't know her that well.
3: I have always I see. You liked know what? Her. She's
2: been on Blackish. Um, yeah. she's done some some Kenny Barris shows. Right. Right. And, uh, and, uh, she's, and she's been some, on
1: Always Sunny a lot.
2: Right. She's in Dirt
1: 2, is she not? She, she was is. a return. She is. Yes. Uh, there are four returning cast members in Dirt 2 from I recall five. And you'd be surprised by who didn't return and who did, but we'll get to that uh, later. Um but but she's like, you know, this is that tricky fucking thing to do like the the Sandler wife becomes such a thankless part at a certain uh point. You know and the thing
2: with the Sandler wife though is it's like not only are the parts thankless, but it's usually occupied by like Oscar
1: nominated
2: yes. movie stars. Where you're like, what is Selma Hayek
1: doing? Like, right. what is this? Right. It used to work better used. where it's Having like fun, right? That's this, the this Brittany Daniel, like Bridget Wilson in uh, mm-hmm. uh, Happy uh, Gilmore. No, Bridget Wilson's in Billy Madison, and the Julie Bowen's in Happy Gilmore. Like those yeah. are the good ones where it feels like they actually get to like. Have uh uh I don't know comedy themselves,
2: yeah the, more sitcom energy. Not sure like what's this movie star doing like sizzling up the screen, going like oh, what do you come on you 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 did a thing that's
1: oh there's a deer you know, well, like, see, where like, this I a... think those parts once they become Oscar actresses start to feel more like the according to Jim wife whereas right. like the three I just mentioned I feel like push back against their heroes a little more but also have like a genuine dare I say it again sweetness to them they're sweet but also like they're
2: kind of just there to play like Julie, Julie Bowen rules in Happy Gilmore she's yes. there to have fun like you know obviously she's playing kind of the straight man but like you know she busts balls she yeah. she's got jokes like yeah. you know that, uh, yeah anyway, Brittany but Brittany Daniel she's all right I don't know like uh, Jamie presley I feel like is probably more the the breakout female yeah. uh you character. Have, you have to imagine
1: this directly leads to My Name Is My Earl name is that Earl. she doesn't get cast in My Name Is Earl if not for this her masterpiece. I mean yeah.
2: that is a wonderful performance. She won an Emmy for it. I mean I I know this is hacky. Say it. it, it <laughs> When Jamie Presley appeared in this movie, I truly for a second Googled that to make sure that it was her. Because I saw her and I was like, that's Jamie Presley. And there was something in the back of my mind that's like, are you sure that's not Margot Robbie? They look exactly the same. It's pretty wild.
1: It's pretty wild. They
2: look like, I mean, and obviously I know Margot Robbie is like a good 10 years younger, right? And that's why it's not Margot Robbie. I know Margot Robbie's age is a slightly controversial topic. Sure. But she's certainly not in her forties, like she's not right. Jamie Presley's age. So I was like, okay, there's no way that Margot Robbie, an Australian teenager or whatever, was introverted. But
1: it looks just like Margot Robbie, well, like yeah, like Jamie, Jamie Presley, Presley age, at this point, twenty five or whatever, is yeah, yeah, yeah. right the age roughly that Margot Robbie has been in movies. Uh, yes, uh, I agree. There's there's that weird like Margot Robbie, Samara weaving uh jamie presley and then there's well, i think the girl on sex education where people uh, make the grid yeah. of the four of them they look and the, very similar uh, right
2: you're talking about um i don't fucking know what you're amy lou wood is that her no i don't no, know i'm just looking at emma Mackey. i yes emma Mackey. oh yes. she looks like oh she does right. look like hey, they could remember. all anyway.
1: play the same character five years apart from each other right Yeah. If you ever needed that done. Yes.
0: Uh, Anyway. Okay. Yes. He meets Brittany Daniel. Yes. So. Okay. And then I guess we should, we should also talk about then Kid Rock being in this movie and how he's a (laughs) fucking piece of shit in this movie (laughs) and he's a fucking piece of shit in real life. Right. But I mean. only in two thousand and one is Kid Rock
2: stunt casting crucial to a movie, right? Like, like how crucial. how slim is that window?
0: Crucial.
1: He was a huge crucial. part of the marketing campaign. They were like, "It's his film debut,"
2: and just like if you're like if I am struggling to explain to someone like what Joe Dirt is, yeah, I'm like, yeah, well, you know, Kid Rocks in it, and they'd probably be like, "Okay, okay, I think he I am kind of yep. place the heavy." <laughs>
3: you're
2: right. Um. Here's the thing I want to say, guys. I want you to. I want you to tell.
0: I lived. Or do you in want to England. say ba with the ba, the "bang" the "bang"? I didn't want to say that. Okay, sorry. I didn't right. want to say that. I want to say that I moved. I, I
2: do moved you to want England. to be a cowboy, baby? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be a cow. I moved to England in 1995. What? I returned. Oh, oh my god! What? I returned from England in 2008. Okay. I, there's certain things that I missed. Sure. Like Matchbox Twenty missed it. Wow. You know, there's certain, like, there's certain American pop culture phenomenons that didn't travel at all, mm-hmm. and so when I came back, it was over. Kid Rock, I missed the whole thing. I never really knew, I, of course, I've, like, heard a couple of the songs, of, I missed the whole, how much were you guys, as kids from the Northeast, mm-hmm. hearing about Kid Rock in 2000? Like, B- to what extent deal. did you have to big think deal. about Kid Rock? Oh, total,
0: total crossover. Right. The Devil Without a Cause, all over MTV. Yeah. Uh, and at the same time as me, mu- I mean, but this was like a time where it was like so much of popular music was just fucking garbage. Right. But right. it was, it's he a, was it's a tough time.
1: It was the rap rock thing crossing over right. with country. In a way, he was building off of like the Eminem breakthrough. Um, right. Yeah. But, but he was, he was huge. I mean, whereas now he's still a big deal, but in a very, specific region of the country right his audience is is narrower now right Uh, yes yes yes. he was mainstream zeitgeist pop culture which peaked with him dating pamela anderson them going to the vmas and bragging to everyone on the red carpet that they had just fucked in the limo that was like yes the pinnacle of it
2: it it, it was it was that it's this movie it's uh bah bah, bah, would yeah. It's fucking that he was on the Simpsons. Like that was what right. I would watch the Simpsons religiously yeah. and occasionally there would be an a, a guest star would pop in yeah. where the Simpsons is clearly like roll out the red carpet. <laughs> right. We got Kid Rock. This guy is in every fucking scene. I like th- this isn't a 1 minute cameo. Like this we are building an episode.
1: <laughs> Not only was Kid Rock on the simpsons joe c was on the simpsons joe his c his little Uncle friend. cracker
2: like they, yeah. they got them all in there yeah and i and i would just be watching and i'd be like i don't get the jokes yeah like i don't i i, I don't know who i know like i've heard of kid rock but i don't get like is that a thing kid rock does no this like, was like you
1: know what I mean? <laughs> this was a victory lap performance for him like i believe this was both after the simpsons and after his yes. breakthrough album
2: Yeah, this is because that's like late '90s. The Simpsons episode is 2000, and this is 2001. Right? This was a.
1: Is is he ready to take over movies as well? But also, it's like this is the exact movie you put him in. Yes.
0: Right. But he was like having the kind of trajectory where it's like he could have had a fucking Sunday morning cartoon show, like Little Fucking Rock, Little Kid Rock, or Baby Rock. Rock.
1: Right. Uh, Yes, he was uh, beloved for a moment, Uh, and
0: now he's just a fucking a terrible human being yeah, just yeah he seems out like
2: kind of a shithead slurs <laughs> at concerts on stage <laughs> I, in front of I don't, don't yeah. want to Right. i don't
1: yeah, want to we don't need to go here, there he seems like other just, a real shit
3: i just want to throw
1: out this bizarre factoid do you guys know that and i don't know if this has changed in the last five or so years but for the better part of like the 2010s kid rock was far and away One of the highest selling recording artists still, even though he was, you know, had popped out of the mainstream and was only playing straight country at that point, uh, Mm -hmm. he he was one of the highest selling artists uh, in America. And it was because. Uh, Kid Rock did not release his music digitally. He was the one guy who like wouldn't go to iTunes. It was just physical album sales and his audience overlapped directly with like people who still want to buy CDs from Walmart and the margins are so much better on CDs than they are on digital that he was just selling like more records than anyone else because no one else was actually moving physical records.
0: That's insane. Good for him?
1: Yeah. Wow. Good for him? It's wild. Well. Uh, but also,
0: didn't he play like, he's like, plays like the Republican fucking oh, conventions fucking and shit. Oh, yeah, yeah, no,
1: oh he's the worst. He's the worst. But like he's geez, the worst. The
2: Devil Without a Cause went diamond. That thing sold 11 million copies. That's the with a Ba album? That's the yes. big one. Yes. Yeah, was, that's that's. one. That's, but I that's bring that up and...
1: just because that is kind of why he's still been able to retain this uh, prominence within the sort of like Trump adjacent... Uh, circles because he he just got so big within his narrow zone. Anyway, he plays, uh, this character's name is Randy. Is that right? Robbie, I believe Robbie. is his name. Yes. Uh, he's uh, a g- dick. Not my favorite part of the movie. I got to be
2: no. honest.
0: Yeah. But like there needs to be like a central bully, like, right. I mean, that's what he is. The obstacle from
1: Brandy. There's one thing I really like. I think people know that I'm a big fan of comedic repetition. I do like that without fail every single time Robbie enters the movie, they play ain't seen nothing yet. Oh, okay. Sure. He always has the exact same entrance song, which I like. Entrance
0: songs are funny. Yeah.
1: Uh, But yeah, he's whatever.
0: Yeah. So, and then also there's drunk dad and the whole business with the train and the harming of the dog, which just really sucks um makes me mad i hate mm. that the dog gets hurt that's not cool mm-hmm. mm.
1: but also the kind of thing you would not expect to happen in a movie like this like just kind of too dark too upsetting
2: right too real like the the rug doesn't get pulled or whatever you know yeah that's right. true
1: you you do have the cutaway to the dog uh fucking another dog uh, to the, what's that song? Bell, well, well, yippee yo oh, yippee Like, that's what you expect in a movie like this. And then right. to end that sequence with an old yeller turn is, like, a little jarring. But it's it's kind of telling you what the movie's trying to do. Yeah.
0: Now, what happens next is, like, a thing I think should happen more often in movies with the character, which is they just hop a train.
2: Mm-hmm ride the rails uh yeah that's true yeah
0: that's true and so we have to spend a bunch of time letting the telling the the story of how he got a fucking hemi and there's this like um the old lady who sells it to him is just like frank about how she shot her husband he gets in a balloon the balloon takes him to then an oil rig where he works.
1: Well, I, I okay. I look. Let's just let's underline this a little bit. Joe Dirt's job is he's like a walking sign for like a dental place, right? And then the dental place on top of their establishment has a hot air balloon in the shape of a molar. Within the span of two minutes, he has this conversation with this woman who admits to murder, gets deeply invested in Joe Dirt's quest for his parents decides that she will sell this car to Joe Dirt for $40. And then immediately upon getting the car, his boss comes out and says, Storm's are come in, put some bricks in the hot air balloon. He instead gets in the hot air balloon and the hot air balloon flies away. And he's cast away like, I don't know, the Wizard of Oz, Like the wizard himself.
2: Right. Like uh, Oz the Great and Powerful. Yeah. James Franco Uh, himself.
1: I just want to say the reason he leaves Brandy is because he has this complex where he just believes Brandy is too good for him. Despite the fact that he's clearly in love with her, uh, it's not even like she'd never go for me. It's like I debase her, you know? like they're best friends but he's resigned to the idea that she's going to marry someone like Robbie instead despite the fact that she says to him what happens if you leave and i end up marrying someone like Robbie instead like she doesn't want that but he overthinks and he 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 talks himself out of it and he gets caught in a balloon and then he meets kicking win is that is kicking that the next wing. yeah yes that's
2: uh adam beach's character sure um Hugh is a fireworks salesman. Slipknot. He's not
0: a good fireworks salesman. Bad. One would argue he's not good at all.
2: Adam Beach, who I think of as mostly a serious actor, uh-huh. uh, had been in movies like Squanto, Warrior's Tale, and Smoke Signals. Right. Smoke Signals was the Mystery big Alaska. breakthrough one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's kind of funny in this. He's, yeah. he's I like his energy. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. This is a fun uh, character. I mean, right, because this woman is encourages... He is himself. Well, well put, yes. The, the woman who uh, sells Joe Dirt the Hemi also tells him that her husband used to be a, uh, what's it, a forensic artist? Yes. Sure, uh, yeah. Uh, is that the right name of that thing? And that, like, if he has a memory of his parents, he might be able to find them. You know, if... Uh, he's starting to get people to give him advice on ways he might be able to track down his parents. But so he decides, oh, I need to find an actual tracker. So he goes to Kicking Wind, who he imagines is a Native American tracker, but has told him that the business was so bad that he got into fireworks instead. No one wanted a tracker anymore, but he's a really shitty firework salesman because, as, as we uh, dramatically showcased in the opening of this episode, very limited in his inventory
0: Yeah, what he carries. He's got none of the good stuff, but they end up instead... Spending a bunch of time just blowing shit up with fireworks, which is fucking great and fun. Don't you love to see that, guys? The art of fireworks. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing better than shooting off fireworks and then blowing up stuff with like gasoline. That's fun as hell. Right. Then they find what they believe is an atom
1: bomb buried in the desert. Right. And then what do you do with that, Griff? Blow it up. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Then, then chicken wing, like Wily e. Coyote style, turns into a dust and ash version of himself. And when the wind comes, he blows away. It's dust and ash, perfectly shaped in his figure, that then blows away. Then you realize that was a dream sequence. He is in fact uh, passed out. But they're gonna go get this uh, bomb appraised. I, I, I guess they want a finder's fee, right? Well, no, no, they're gonna use
0: the bomb. Oh, he's gonna I'm strap sorry. it yes. to himself. Yes. And he's going to go to this Grand Canyon tour bus company right. who right. will have the records of right. his parents or, you know, visiting on that day. So he could start to like pick through the names and start to track these people down. Right. So he's threatening everybody, right, at this 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 uh bus depot, whatever. Yeah. And he's like, I'm gonna hit this atom bomb with a hammer. -hmm. If you don't give me the info, well guess what? It wasn't a bomb. It wasn't a bomb. You'll never It's a bunch of dang poop. It was a poop silo. I got the poo on me. He got the poo on him.
1: Let's be honest. This is the (laughs) wrong number of Joe Dirt thinks he's found something valuable turns out to be poop (laughs) in a movie. You can't do it two times. You can do it one time or you can do it three times. This is my argument, then. They need to do it one more. If they're doing it twice, they need to do it at least one more time. I think that's a fair argument. So, Griff, you... You don't
2: think this scene is like the sort of cathartic scene in Best Picture winner Slumdog Millionaire where he's uh, got a lot of poop?
1: But they only uh, do it one poop. time. That's the point. It's a comedy. Saying, I, think, I of think Danny Boyle saw this movie. Oh, absolutely. And went
2: like, hmm.
1: Comedy rule of three is that one time is an occurrence, two times is a coincidence, thir- three times is a pattern.
2: Right.
1: They need to let this shit be a pattern, baby.
2: They do. They need to let this shit be a pattern, baby um i'm trying to think of some other well there's okay there's the buffalo bob guy
0: right well hold on hold on Uh, don't worry i got all of this written down all right i I made sure to do my homework but i wanted to talk about there is a moment here because essentially where we're at now is the end of day one of his conversation right on the radio uh, dennis miller yes and he's reflecting and we have a Dave Matthews Band drop. Now I feel like that is there's a little tiny window of time where I guess that was the thing, right? But do another you think one, that we I should actually, bring it back.
2: I, th- I I I actually don't mind Dave Matthews Band. They're not. I'm not a passionate about them, but I also think sometimes you know they get a little. Too much, you know. They they're kind of uh, the butt of jokes, right? And, and you know, it's loves like they're in there. Dave Matthews. Dave Matthews and has he's, been he's in a couple in, movies. Yeah, he's in the movies and all that. But that is, I just want to say, that's another one that never made it to Britain. Every time they had a record, they would fucking try to sell English people on it, and I don't know why, but I think what like that the energy could not transfer. But anyway, Dave Matthews Band. I think you're right, Ben. This is this is their window.
1: Is this? around the same time that Dave Matthews gets in trouble for his tour van dumping a bunch of poop into the a poop. river?
2: The poop. It's a good question. Only because we're talking
1: about the amount of poop reveals in Joe Turret. It's true. The poop bus incident
2: happened in 2004. So, okay. okay, okay. It's a, a years few before. years later, but
1: not long. Mm-hmm. Not long. Yeah. 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 Um, 800 pounds of poop that was one of those things where just headline writers had a field day with that fucking thing. Cause it was just like Dave Matthews releases his worst album yet, you know, yeah. drops another, <laughs> another one.
0: Good stuff. Um. Yes. Uh, okay. So this whole, this whole carnival scene where we, we meet Jamie Presley and it's the very like, you know, two trashy people like just having to hook up. Right. But then it sort of is that whole, like, country music, you know, exaggerated trope of, like, people sleeping with their cousins and their sisters kind of stuff.
1: The easy kind of redneck joke. Yes. But complicated by the fact that Joe Dirt, because we haven't really gotten into this, has this very weird spotty memory of, like, he can't remember his parents, what they look like. And he can't really remember, uh, he, he cannot at all remember his name. Because Dirt is not his real last name. They call him Joe Dirt and his family. He has this memory of his sister in the backseat mocking him and saying, that's why you're not a blank. And he can't remember what the last name is. So it's all kind of foggy for him. He sleeps with Jamie Presley after there's a, a significant eye-fucking sequence set to Who Do You Love? Right? Mm-hmm. And then after sleeping together, what's the thing that reminds him at first?
0: It's just like something she says that brings back the flashback, and then he like drops her off, and he has this stupid scene where in the mirror where he's talking it through. He's like,
1: "Did you ever have a brother? Did you ever go to the Grand Canyon? This and that, yeah, something like that." And he's like, "Come on, man, that's your sister in there. You have to treat her right." And then it cuts again to the the shack shaking, and they're. Mm-hmm. moans of pleasure. So then you go back out to Dennis Miller. This is the thing I want to acknowledge quickly. The way that Dennis Miller and Fred Wolf is the other guy at the radio station, right? But also the groups of people listening to this story over the radio relate to it is not as if they are hearing this guy telling a story as if they are seeing the movie because there are multiple points in which they go like, wait a second, wait a second. Didn't you eat off of that space poop? And it's like, are you implying that he described that part?
2: Look, you guys are overthinking, Jojo. I'm gonna, I'm gonna call you guys out. You are they, now officially overthinking. They, of they talk Durant.
1: about how good Brandy's ass looks. That's a thing that Dennis Miller mentions. What do you mean you haven't seen Brandy? And then this is a, a game. This is a joke that only works off of the editing of the imagery, like the stark, like hard cut to outside the house. They're having sex
0: again. The-
2: and and it's, it's sister, brother-sister sex. And they're right. all like, ah! And he's like, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Or, but, yeah, yeah.
0: but Joe Dirt paints paints with the
2: brush. I mean, Exactly. You just have to imagine Joe Dirt on the radio being like, ah, and then we were going at it. And it was like, ah, you're my sister. He's a florid
1: storyteller. But yes, he yeah. reveals that he wasn't. He did, in fact, clear that uh, she was not his sister. And then they tried to have sex again. And then it wasn't good for him anymore. So then... He pretended she was a sister. And then JoJo claims he was just kidding. Anyway, that's Jamie Presley's section of the movie that five years later gets her an Emmy.
2: Look, she's she's good in this
1: and great later on. Right. She's like the girl from Poison Ivy before this. And she's right, right, right. Right. And then Poison Ivy four or whatever. And then after this, she does Not Another Teen movie. Mm -hmm.
3: And she does
1: tom Katz, sure but it, uh you know this and not another team movie the two things where it's like oh she's funny then yep. my are all she's great and then she just does 800 episodes of mom
2: she's been on mom for a long time yeah yeah i think she's
0: uh, and she won an emmy never she forget won emmy. she won an emmy she won an emmy okay so let's just skip over the buffalo bob stuff and, and only to say it that it it's fucking it sucks, sucks. And David and I were talking a little bit before we started recording. There's also a lot of homophobic jokes in this movie. And it is so just emblematic of comedies. And we've, we've brought this up on the show in the past talking about Ace Ventura. But there's just this time that I guess, because this is kind of late, I would say, really, because to me, I always think eh. 90s movies, but, yeah, not really, but not really, right? Yeah, 2000s, too, I guess. It's really yeah. until
1: the early to mid-2010s, unfortunately. Yeah. But this is another movie that treats any woman who likes sex too much as kind of crazy. Um, right. And uh, yes, everyone is constantly making jokes about Judge Dirt being gay. There's this Buffalo Bob sequence that sucks that I do feel like we obviously talked a lot about this in our Silence of the Lambs episode. But it is one of those things where it's like that's so much of the tricky reputation of Sons of the Lambs is less what's in that movie and more movies riffing on it to this degree with like zero humanity to it and just turning it into this boogeyman kind of thing. Buffalo Bill jokes ten years late. Like it's yeah. just, it's just like yeah. it's been
0: done. It it's over. weird
1: how long the sequence is too. Like it's not yeah. like a throwaway gag.
0: It's like Mad funny. TV sketch, just like right. blown yeah. out and just terrible, and you just want it to fucking end. Now,
2: now I don't, Ben. Consult. What is next, Ben? What did you want to skip over to?
0: Well, so, but I think the the one little detail we'll pull from that sequence is. It's really hilarious that for the rest of the movie, Joe Dirt's photo reference of his parents are their butts. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that's yeah, an that's effective true. joke.
2: But are we moving on to Walken? That's right. Is yeah, that that the baby. next
0: thing? Yes. Yeah. Yes. He is, I mean, talk like we're talking in the pocket. Walken is fucking crushing in this. I mean, this is I love him yes. in this.
1: This is when Walken's really hitting his stride of I'll be a weirdo in your comedy for ten and minutes.
2: It's yeah. the year before Catch Me If You Can gets him that Oscar nom, which sort of like, it's not like he stops doing these kinds of movies, but like sure. vaults him back to seriousness a little bit. But yeah, right now, a Walking is just kind of chilling. It's like, yeah, right. you want 10 minutes of walk you can get it.
1: Right. Like Wayne's World 2, I feel like, is the first one to really use him like that. And then, you know, he starts hosting SNL more regularly. He's, in my opinion, the best SNL host of all time. And then, right, yeah. Y- yes. He starts increasing where it's like, oh, every other year he'll do a small part in a comedy like this to it becoming he does eight comedies a year like this just becomes his fucking thing. I believe this is the same year as more cowbell. So we're kind of at like peak comedy. walking In in a certain way. Wow. Yeah. I I think more cowbell happens. May 2001 is my memory. So like
0: a month after this. Is that the most popular sketch? of of all time i'm pretty sure it is i I, I think probably i think it is i think it's the most known sketch that is that at this point has ever existed
1: um i there's a really good argument for that i will say i recently went onto the snl youtube page and did sort by most popular because i was curious uh what the most viewed snl sketches are uh I don't know where more cowbell comes in here, but I feel like that's an example of it was on YouTube uh, through so many illegal means before then that um, it, it, you know, it got all those views on other uh, seeds. Like Rolling Stone put it ninth in their greatest
2: sketches of all time list. I'm looking and ahead of it, it's like Matt Foley is number one, right? Uh, Motivational speaker. What else? Buckwheat, you know, Dick in a box, Mm -hmm. Wayne's world. Uh, point counterpoint, you know Jane, you Ignorance, slut. Stefan sure. chopping broccoli and white like me. White like me is one of those sketches where it's like that's a crucial sketch in the history of comedy, but it's not like a sketch that people watch all the time. I don't uh, you know. know. I, I watch that a lot. I, it's great, but you know, you know what I mean, Griffin. Like you yeah. know, it's not a, it's a, it's it's old SNL, and it's like something you, it's like well, you should check that out. That's when SNL was really like powerful and like you know, but like I think more cowbell might be a little more well-known at this point. that Almost everything oh, yeah. I just said.
1: Yeah. Partly just because, you know, it's a long show. People get younger. Can I just quickly say the top five most watched sketches on the SNL YouTube account? These mm-hmm. are the only five sketches with over 50 million views. Okay. Number one, porn teacher. A sketch I barely remembered, I rewatched, is kind of wonky, is like a... a it's a, an Amy Schumer. It's an Amy Schumer sketch where she's a teacher who, like, pulls the bad boy in class for, like, a one-on-one session that turns into, like, a porn sketch. It's, like, the classic teacher-seduces-kid mm. trope, and then the joke is that A.D. Bryant is a kid in this sketch from the class whose mom hasn't come to pick her up yet and acts like a real kid in the classroom who's weirded out by why they're acting this way. It is not a great sketch. I imagine is the most viewed because it has porn in the title. The number two Broadway. most watched SNL sketch <laughs> is the Hermione has big boobs sketch with Lindsay Lohan. Yeah, well, that was...
2: I mean, that's up there for similar reasons. But yes, that yep. was a huge, huge sketch. 64
1: anyway, million. Number three <laughs> is Black Jeopardy with Tom Hanks, which is maybe the best SNL sketch of the last 10 years. It, I think it, almost inarguably. Um, 63 million views. Number four is Spider-Man Kiss, which is Andrew Garfield hosting Emma Stone just in that uh-huh. sketch so on that's... the set of Spider-Man. They just kiss a lot. And they you got, kiss you got stands. You got stand uh, yes. online stands are pumping that one up. And then number five is uh, Star Wars Undercover Boss with Adam Driver.
2: That one, YouTube is addicted to uh, asking me to watch movie. that again, where loves I'm like, yes. I saw it once. I got the joke. Yeah. It was well done. It was fine. Like, I never need to see it again.
1: <laughs> Christopher Walken is a guy who clearly used to be part of the mob, is now in witness protection working as a janitor in a school and he keeps on kind of slipping up it's a really good comedy use of walk because it's yeah. like this guy seems like the king of new york right like he seems like a character from nabel for our movie and joe dirk keeps on being like where did you say you were from
0: right and right. he's like kansas
1: right uh, kansas yeah not new york i mean it's I'd a good fit walk terrible yes um but uh he just has a couple scenes that he just kind of kills, playing it with like walk-in crime gravitas. Uh, it's just funny to see him with his hairdo in like coveralls saying that he's from Kansas. And then um, there's a uh, a lab experiment gone wrong in a science class. All the kids pass out. He's a hero. He goes in, pulls them out one by one, but he doesn't want the credit. Everyone knows that he saved them, but he denies it and says that Joe saved them, even though Joe denies it as well because he doesn't want the attention. No. But Joe Dirt's a little slow. He doesn't get it. He goes on the news. He gives them all the credit, and then mafia guys come and
0: try to put a hit out on him. And you think he's dead. You think he's dead. And you're sad because he he and Joe, like, they had a real connection, you know? A real thing, you know? yeah. And Joe is so distraught, he think he brought this on his good friend. Yes. And then he's talking up his wife and they're going to be reunited in heaven. And, you know, and he starts going, you know, like more to descriptors of like her body. Right. And like, you know, her lips and it's getting a little more sexual. And then this movie pulls um, what I'm rewatching a a real weird move, which is that he just gets a boner. Yeah. So then you think, okay, this is the joke of like where weirdly sometimes when people have passed away they still get erect sure it but it's like not a, that at a all naked
1: gun joke to me but what it is as as you're teeing up here is that he faked
0: his own death and he's not doing a very good job faking it <laughs> well not only that he just got a boner for what david spade was saying to him yeah which is crazy it's wild very you guys wild. So, uh, yeah, it's all
2: this is no, all good. No, stuff. I mean,
0: as far as logic goes, that all checks out for me. <laughs> no oh questions. Boy. No questions. Anyway, he's going to move on um, to the Gator Farm. And this whole thing is just so dumb. Like, I don't even know what's going on with this section because the owner is supposed to make an impression, but you're just really not clear a, on Rosanna what her Arquette. thing is.
3: Yes.
1: Her it is thi- Rosanna Arquette. Her thing is that she's kind of just like a, a jaded woman.
0: Yeah. That she's that kind of just been like chewed farm.
1: up by life. Yes. Has lost any joy. Owns a gator farm. Uh, Joe Dirt gets, uh, I don't know, uh, swung around by a gator. Th- I mean, I
0: remember this being a big trailer moment. Oh, yeah.
3: All right, um, so
0: we're back to Silvertown. Uh, Kid Rock kind of sends him away because he has this note from Brandy where she has discovered who his parents really are yeah. and is trying to keep that away from him, we think.
1: Because they suck. but Because they suck. Uh, right, but when Kid Rock reads the note, it, it's it hits Joe Dirt's ear as, I don't want you here.
3: Away he from
2: thinks Brandy is the problem. Yeah. Um, he at this point uh appears on TRL, right? This is that. that that's when he shows up on Carson Daly. Well, because well, right, he's now become the sensation. Right, because it's sort of in between right the radio and the end of the movie. Like so right, right now he's
0: like a folk hero. Right, which I, I love because he this is where he's ended his story on the radio right. now. Right. right. I like that it's, like, become a
1: saga, that he's been invited back multiple days, and people have really gotten into it. Right. And then this is, like, the Forrest Gump thing, where he becomes this sort of, like, folk hero. People are writing about him. He's going on TV shows. They're merchandising his catchphrases. Life's a garden. Dig it. Um Goes on TRL. There's a,
0: there's a mullet monthly that he's on the cover of. Also, yes. there's a dang magazine that he's on the cover of, <laughs> which I paused and noticed that says the magazine for men with very little purpose in life. That's is, funny.
1: is it after the alligator attack that he has the he remembers his last name and that's when he calls Brandy and then she tells him, I found them, but they're dead? Yes. So he knew their last name at that point, but then didn't think to look for them because he thought. I missed. I missed my window. Uh, how many movies are there from again this narrow window? Yeah.
2: where Carson Daly does a cameo as himself and they're on TRL. Josie There's the so Pussycats. many fucking too. Well, Griffin. I mean, not to spoil, but the of this game I we've know. done before. I remember it's
1: the Josie and the Pussycat. I remember right. this is a huge weekend for Carson. I-
2: it's probably the why we are doing Joe Dirt is I said Joe Dirt and Ben was like, oh, hell yeah, we got to do Joe Dirt. Like, it didn't you know, that was it <laughs> into it, his yeah, brain exactly. four years
1: ago.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what happened.
1: TRL, his mom calls in.
0: Yeah, right. Yeah, mom calls in. OK, goes to Simi Valley. You really feel for him like these people yeah. fucking suck. They're fucking bad people. And they are. It's yeah. like a bummer that when he is like connecting, trying to connect with them, they're talking about these fucking clown figurines and it's right. like he gets emotional. He's doing kind of a good job with like this very silly character, but it's making you feel for him.
1: Spade underplays it to his credit. He underplays yes. it. He goes yes. pretty small with it.
0: Right, it could be a full kind of farce scene
2: where we we're, we're built to this and then the parents are these like comically evil people. And whatever, he gets past them too. But no, yeah, sort of slows it down. Fred Ward, like
1: I said, really good. But I'll also say, like, there is a thing I feel like later Happy Madison movies in particular struggle with, which is trying to, like, mesh their sort of, like, sentimentality with the the ribald, goofy comedy. And, like, I think of something like Click, where I don't like the part of Click that is a comedy. I think click starts working when it gets more emotional, but it can't find the bridge between the two. From my opinion, I know people love click, and then like something like grown-ups is like just fucking silly goof around movie. Right. And then it has moments where like the girl takes the car, his daughter and drives into a tree because she wants to go visit grandma in heaven that are like where the fuck is this coming from? And Joe Dirt is able to maintain a tone where these things can coexist. Which I don't think is faint praise. like i I think that's actually mm-hmm. deceptively difficult to do. I think you got to give Denny Gordon some credit there. But the scene, yes, as you said, Fred Ward's really good. Caroline Aaron's really good. Spade underplays it. And I just think the characterization here is good of just like, oh, the realization of these people are just looking for press. They're plugging their website. Uh, they slip up. He catches them on a thing, which makes them him realize they never really searched for him. They left him there on purpose. They're already being defensive about it. But look, it worked out so well for you. Right. They're only here to uh, to, to cash in on his fame now. Yeah. And now Joe Dirt is like this national tragedy. Uh, he goes to the bridge. He's ready to end it all.
0: Yeah. He is. But, yep, yep. But, but Brandy shows up. And she's now a known name too. She's part of the the the, the sensation too. She's part of because the, the cop work. is like, yeah. "You're Brandy. Oh, why didn't you say that sooner? You know, yeah. like come. You gotta come, right? Yeah. They reunited, the 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 love of each other's life, and mm-hmm. everything is great, except except a, a cop for for some reason. Yeah, yeah, fucking. Yep. Cop, mm-hmm. fucking rodeos him with a bungee cord
1: yeah he's got a he's got a bungee lasso try to pull him off from jumping even though he now feels like he's been talked down but that in reality causes him to trip then he falls over the side of the bridge the bungee goes down he goes up he hits his head on the bridge knocked out
0: right wakes up and who's there all of our friends from the movie uh, kicking wing yeah he's uh, a successful
2: firework uh, guy now and he's been able to use the money to open animal hospital yes yeah, so he's got yeah exactly you got uh you got clint you know uh walking he's back he's got his name is name. now
0: gert Frobe. Frobe just one great that. name
2: that's and, right uh, and, the, the name of the actor who played uh, goldfinger <laughs> that's that's who gert frobe is uh and, <laughs> um, and
3: now
1: roseanne arquette has fallen in love with him through meeting because of dirt like dirt has improved yep. all these people's lives even right. before Classic, he became a national right. hero
2: it's just the classic scheme of these kinds of movies where it's like right at the end, it's like everyone's like, well, I'm glad
1: to have known you, Joe Dirt. Yeah, he helped everyone. He gave them good advice. He made them realize what they wanted in life. Uh, he helped bring people together. But unfortunately, his head was re-injured in the bungee Lasso incident.
3: right. Which right. gave
1: Brandy an opportunity to update him with a more modern wig.
0: And... That is that he has tight little dreadlocks.
1: Well, you can't win them all. No, you
3: can't. (laughs) You certainly can't. Now I guess it's an upgrade.
2: I look, I don't have too much more time, Griffin, but before we play the box office game. Yeah. You got to give us just a little oh, sprinkle of dirt, David? of dirt too.
1: You just got to shovel a little dirt. <laughs> I insist you start running the clock because I don't want to think about it for that much. OK,
2: <laughs> R- right. Yeah, that's the, the thing is like it's one of the look, obviously, any IP is IP now. Right. So yeah. like it's not shocking that there was a Joe Dirt, but there's something kind of tragic well, about the fact that this yes. thing doesn't exist. Like almost almost. Truly doesn't exist. This is the most interesting thing. In our jokey way.
1: The most interesting thing about this movie is their like kind of depressing selling point for the film was it's the first straight to digital sequel. Boy. Right I want to brag so, right, and it 's on like america 's least favorite streaming service, right
2: that they don 't even know exists that like sounds like a serial thing like it doesn't yes. sound anyway,
1: yes, it's on crackle uh, the first web address to do a sequel to a movie, and uh i think I think Spade had wanted to do this for a while. This was the movie of his that had sort of like goodwill. Uh, you know, he was like, people come up to me, ask me if I'll do another Joe Dirt. Sony has the Why rights. He can't... I mean, I Ben, he just ben probably it? went up to him. Well, because Sony had the rights and they didn't want to do it. They didn't think it was valuable enough. So then the crackle played. I kept became... mailing
0: him dirt just
3: <laughs> like in the
0: mail over the years.
1: I think the crackle play became uh, we have the streaming service. It hasn't broken through. We're trying to produce more original content. This is the time when they're doing like that fucking startup TV show and shit. They're like, we could make this for ten dollars and put it on there, and it's at least a name thing that might drive people to Crackle. Uh, you asked if there were other Crackle originals. Uh, I believe there are two other Crackle original movies, both of which were written directed by Fred Wolf. Fred Wolf mm. became like the 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 in house Crackle. At Crackle before uh, Chicken Soup for the Soul, the, bought them out.
2: The Crackle I, man, yeah, you're talking about uh Mad Families, which right. seems to be a a, a Charlie Sheen correct. comedy, correct? Uh, that David Spade was involved with. Uh, I'm seeing. I'm trying to see what the other.
1: Maybe Drunk Parents wasn't for Crackle. Maybe that was. Drunk Parents was not for Crackle. Okay. okay. So he uh, did Drunk one Parents. Other crackle
2: movie was uh that was just for the the good folks at vertical entertainment and yes. direct tv cinema
1: yes um uh, of, coo- yeah. of course but of course. uh <laughs> jo- joe dirt uh two uh american loser a beautiful loser. Original. beautiful beautiful loser i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry i am it's okay ashamed um it's just interesting to think about that that was like this depressing bragging point of like we're the first web sequel to a movie and it was like oh that's really low rent it's not even direct to video and now like the week we're recording this it just leaked out that they're gonna do a fucking wedding crashers 2 for hbo max with the whole Boy. cast with rachel mcadams academy award nominee returning commissioner evan sussard van the brand like And that's not seen as a step down in any way. Disney Plus is doing fucking major
2: sequels. Everything's changed. The thing is, right, Wedding Crashers 2 is probably going to have like an $80 million budget by HBO. And that whereas Joe Dirt 2, I think, had a, uh, you know, whatever, uh, a candy, candy wrapper budget. They just, everything was candy wrappers.
1: I'm guessing it was a budget of like under $1 million. This thing looks worse than most web series uh, I have been part of uh, or seen. (laughs) It truly feels like a movie where they only got one take of everything. Uh, every <laughs> God. single moment of it from <laughs> the right, positioning <laughs> of the camera to the performances feels like a one take. There are like eight name actors with billing in the opening credits and everyone else with a speaking role in this movie feels like they won a contest or Fred Wolf owed them a favor. Like, their main motivation as actor is don't look into the lens, and a lot of them fail to clear that threshold. The plot of the film, in short, Great. is Joe Dirt is married to Brandy. He has the mullet wig again. I should mention, actually, sure. the, this movie has a nesting doll structure where the opening is Dennis Miller talking to two guys outside a garage
0: I'm sorry, Dennis Miller's back. Okay, he's that's... back. Wow,
1: it's with Dennis Miller and Christopher Walken. Christopher Walken returned.
0: <laughs> he really
2: will do anything. Yeah. God. Um, Damn. So I'm seeing uh, Warburton. Uh, he called in some favors from some of his Warburton's other pals. Warburton's the big new character. Right.
1: Brittany Daniels in it. Adam Beach is in it for a moment. For a moment. Yeah, other than that, I don't think there are any other returning characters. Kid Rock did not return. He is replaced with Mark McGrath from Sugar Ray, playing clearly the same character that they just changed the name of and said, this guy's even worse in voiceover once they knew they couldn't get Kid Rock back. Dennis Miller's not hosting a radio show. He is outside a garage talking to two guys. They're swapping Joe Dirt stories. He goes, Joe Dirt, I actually know that guy. They go, no way. He goes, yeah, I used to have a radio show. I interviewed Joe Dirt. How else would they know who Joe Dirt was if not for the story of that radio program? But they're like, really? He's like, yeah, I got another Joe Dirt story I can tell you. Then it flashes back to Joe Dirt sitting on a park bench, Forrest Gump style. A bus pulls up and he sits and talks to the lady next to him and tells him his story. Just flat out Forrest Gump parody now. That goes into the third level, which is Joe Dirt telling his own story. The basic Uh, thrust of the movie is, it's dog shit. Yes, it's so annoying.
3: The basic thrust of the
1: movie is, Joe Dirt's married to Brandy. They live in a trailer. They have triplets. There's an extended birthing sequence in which everyone in the hospital comes to take a look at Brandy's vagina while she's in labor. That's maybe comedically the high watermark of the entire film, and I don't mean that as a compliment. Um Then he's got the triplets. Mark McGrath lives next to him at the trailer park, is always threatening to steal his wife. He's depressed because he's poor. His daughters find out that he's a loser and that everyone else thinks that he's lame because they come to see him work where he's a lumberjack because seemingly his fame from the first movie has completely evaporated, and he's so embarrassed that his daughters don't think he's cool anymore. Then he gets caught up in a storm, and like Wizard of Oz style, he's caught up in a hurricane, he lands in his trailer on top of a guy who's crushed underneath it, Wicked Witch of the West style, and they go like, that was the meanest, toughest biker, you saved us, you should take his magic boots. So he puts on this biker's magic boots and then realizes from this biker gang run by Patrick Warburton that he is time traveled back to 1965, the year of his inception.
0: This sounds like you're you're describing a hallucination.
1: Yep. And then the movie is Joe Dirt has to live through. 1965 to 2001 trying to catch up with the events of the first movie and along the way fucks with the timeline and creates most of joe dirt so he also why like did they do this why why is that the angle why like, why did they do this he forms leonard skinner he creates the mullet he, there's a long sequence with walk that's largely deprived of jokes where he crosses over with him when he's a mobster uh it's got 10 times more gay panic jokes, 10 times more homophobic slurs, a lot more trans panic shit uh it sucks ass it eats piss it's fucking garbage (laughs) it looks bad it isn't funny patrick (laughs) warburton plays two characters i couldn't track whether they're meant to be the same because at one point it's revealed that the biker gang is actually just in his mind but then he reappears as a guardian angel in a suit who's trying to teach joe dirt lessons but mostly makes gay jokes at him and he's also a figment of his imagination (laughs) you gotta
2: stop you gotta stop i hate this just I, they should have just done a sequel where joe dirt is being joe dirt and it's the modern times and he's like oh man these millennials and like that would have been fine you know what i mean get Marin. just yeah. getting th- have them go yeah. on fucking wtf <laughs> wait, a wait a second
1: joe dirt locks the gates would be way better i mean they should yeah. just do that as an episode you don't have to make that a movie right. um the big set piece of this movie is that uh, Joe Dirk gets like his nuts kicked into his body and then he goes to a doctor who uses tongues to pull them out, but he pulls them out too far and then he's got like long droopy balls where everyone can see them because they're like coming out of his pants and his hospital gowns hitting the floor. He goes to to take a shit on an airplane and his balls get stuck in the plane toilet. (laughs) And then there's a scene that is like beat for beat the same as the zipper scene from Something About Mary where increasingly more and more people come in to see what's wrong and then scream. Um, Anyway, the movie ends with Joe Dirt remembering that when he went back to 1965, he bought a bunch of comic books for 10 cents, buried them under a tree. He digs them up and then he becomes a millionaire.
0: Um, um that sounds okay. awful. I think, I I think we should uh, pause for you to apologize just describing yeah. that movie. Yeah. I,
1: I am so so sorry. It is terrible. Uh I will say I cannot think of the last time I watched a movie where every single minute of it I was fighting against the impulse to just turn it off and take a nap instead. Like just <laughs> every moment, I was just thinking, like, I I wish I was sleeping instead of this. Um, I will I will say this. This is the the greatest compliment I can give uh, uh, Joe Dirt uh, to uh, Beautiful Loser, uh, a Crackle original. I got like eight emails done that I had been putting off for weeks if not months while watching this movie because once i realized there was still an hour left because this movie is one hour and 50 minutes long it's 20 minutes longer longer than the first joe dirt i was just like okay i'm not quitting at this point but i'm so desperate to not be giving this movie my full attention and let me send a bunch of emails that i've been viewing as a nuisance up until this point good Good. I'm I'm glad it inspired that at least. That's great. Good job, Joe Dirt, too. It's a fucking garbage movie. I hate it. Beauty or whatever
3: (laughs) it's
0: called. I do want to say this. I think that we should do, like, we should make the trope of sequels, right? Electric Boogaloo. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think that now we should also add a Crackle original.
3: A Crackle original. Yes,
0: right, right. Yeah, exactly. I will say Um, Beautiful
1: Loser is also a funny subtitle
2: yeah it is I, but but i don't get uh, whatever look whatever i enough let, let's wash that out of our mouths joe Dude, dirt did one it. is did pretty it. fun yeah and it's got some it's got just a nice energy yeah and i was kind of taken with it to my Same. mild surprise
1: ends with a fucking cheap trick song as joe dirt rides off in a hemi with his newfound family they shoot fireworks into the sky what a triumph
2: the box office. um the box office griffin
1: so i remember this one pretty vividly it. not just because we have covered it before say, right. but because everyone thought josie was going to be a big hit and it bombed really Bombs hard and go. opened lower than all the other new releases it this was one of them dirt. and it the other one i remember than, kingdom come
2: yep. it opened lower than kingdom come not a bad movie
3: uh-huh
2: um, and it also opened lower. So Joe Dart opened number four with mm-hmm. eight million dollars and ends up grossing 27. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh it also opened, but we'll get to number three. There's another new entry, but number okay. one, Griffin, holdover, great movie, mm-hmm. Charming Kids Adventure. The spy kids, right? It's spy kids, baby. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which I love. I Me recently too. rewatched. Yeah. Uh I did a big Antonio Banderas article at The mm-hmm. Atlantic a f- couple of years ago. And I rewatched that one and I threw it on and I realized like, oh yeah, he's barely in it after like the first 10 minutes. But uh even that, he's, he's great. He's good. Yeah. Uh number two, look. Uh it's a detective movie. A long uh, a spider. It's a sequel. It's all on camera spider. I told you Griffin? I remember this weekend. Yeah. You remember it vividly. Yes. And then number three, new
1: this week, a comedy. Okay, it's from the across other the new pond. Roles. Oh, Bridget Jones.
2: Bridget Jones's Diary.
1: Right, so it opened lower than Bridget Jones, Joe Dirt, uh, uh, Kingdom Come, and the holdovers. And Josie. the holdovers, including number five, which is a
2: biopic, R-rated biopic, um, with a big star. Um, ew, what else to say about this? Well, it's about drugs. I don't know what else to say except that it's about drugs. Blow? It's
1: Blow. Yeah. Um. What What number
2: is that Josie? Movie. Josie is seven. Wow. Open number do. seven. Really brutal. Four million. Yeah, Four and a half. Wow. Like people it, thought it, it, it was going to be a It eked out. It beat the second weekend of Pokemon 3, the movie. Jesus! It did. It managed to. It managed to elbow by that. (laughs) That that was its accomplishment. But Um, Joe Dirt, I feel like you know, it cost fifteen. It made thirty. You know, like it did not like Sandler level business, but it did enough business that everyone was probably like, great. And
1: then it, you know, it'll play on cable forever. These all of these movies from this era just became so profitable between cable and DVDs. Like, this is also the era of DVD sales just being fucking humongous. And movies yes. like this suddenly became so profitable. It's, uh, it's one of the reasons comedies have died theatrically, is that when the DVD market fell out, it was not replaced with the same numbers in streaming.
2: Um, you know, I'm looking at Spade's career... This is his high point as David Spade, right? Which we agree. You know, obviously, like, with Farley, that's a little different.
1: Right. Because Dickie Roberts uh, is like an outright bomb, I would argue. uh, You know, Dickie Roberts I remember it being one of the lowest grossing number one movies
2: ever. Yeah, but that's the thing, Griffin. It was number one. It was number one. Six million
1: dollars. (laughs) It was number one. Uh,
2: Yeah, you know, Dickie Roberts made 22... Uh, black sheep made 32 Tommy boy made 32 you know he really just that's where he landed that was his zone sort of the low 30s and then a long cable career and now we've discussed uh, David Spade's career we really gotten into it
1: we dug dirt we we sure did um Ben do you want to take us out
0: yeah (sighs) boy all right um uh thank you to uh Joe Bowen and Pat Reynolds for doing the artwork. Correct. Yeah. Um, thank you to Lane Montgomery and the new. Great
3: American, American novel.
0: Great American novel for our music. Uh, thank you to Alex Barron and AJ McKeon for editing. editing. Thank you yep. to JJ. First. Birsch and Nick Loriano. Nick Loriano, thank you. I'm sorry, that, those are new, you know. So I know. Like I You're doing all right. I haven't heard You're it. All right.
1: Like... We're we're all rooting for you, Ben. I
0: don't know. Well, hey, I'm like a Joe Dirt in a sense. <laughs> um and uh, thank you to Marie Barty for doing our social media. Hell yeah. Um you should go uh, check out our Shopify for some real nerdy merch. Did I cover everything guys? Uh, Reddit for some real nerdy shit. Oh, uh, Reddit Patreon. for some real, ner- yeah. for some real nerdy shit. Yeah. Check out our Patreon for blank check special features. Um, and um, yeah. And then we're going to do next week Space Jam 2.
2: Yes. Next week yes. the
0: plan is Space Jam 2.
1: Uh,
2: watch it on fucking hbo max or in theaters now i yes. guess yes uh and then we're gonna do old m night mm-hmm. Shyamalan's old and then we will of course return to david spade with hotel transylvania
1: 4 time to check in
2: and then of course john carpenter will finally begin to mm-hmm. spool up Your mm-hmm. march madness winner
1: yes
0: but we, yeah, got, we, got, uh, we got a block of one-offs, baby. and Yeah, guys, yeah we got a little th- dirty. Yeah, we got a little dirty. Whatever. Uh, guys, thanks for letting me do this. It's always a delight. Uh, well, I really what's enjoyed next? talking. What's next?
2: What's the next oh, Ben's Choice? Damn. That's the
0: only question. Do you have uh, one
1: off the top of your head, or do you want to save it? Like, is the, if we ask you, point blank, is there a title that comes to mind right now?
0: Hmm. What is on my like list? Well, fuck. Mm. Hmm. Hmm. All right, I mean, Ben, so- I got to go. So, uh Yeah, bad. Uh, <laughs> wait, wait, okay, 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 okay. Wait. I I cuz I have a list. All right, here. Okay. The list. So, t- um tank girl I think it might oh, have to be sure. Tank Girl next sure. time. Sure, Tank Girl's a good one. Tank Girl's a yeah. good one. Yeah. As long as that director isn't, you know, no. smoking no, for, her. or we do my dad. Oh, the
1: Long Promise, Robert Hosley Where's episode. Where's Papa?
0: Where's Papa? Where's Papa? The culture He's at my house. is only we
2: can him less on. and less ready for a Where's Papa episode, I will say. <laughs> but mm-hmm. uh, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe. Okay. Maybe.
1: Maybe. We'll consider it. We'll consider it. Take or, us out then. Or
0: the Simpsons movie.
1: Oh. I mean, an interesting, oh. an interesting consideration. Interesting. There's a, lot, consideration. There's, a
0: lot to, there's a lot
2: to talk about.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. But that we'll leave it at that. We'll leave it at that. But we're going to leave you because that's the, it's the end of the episode. And then Mm -hmm. I just have to do that whole thing that you do, which is as always, uh, don't put your, no, I shouldn't say that. Uh, as always. (laughs) (laughs) And as always, um, uh, you should make your movie posters and the character hold them up.